sit back and get ready to have the most fun you ever had with an electronic device. I had a similar experience inside a Taco Bell. Since that day, I will not eat sour cream unless it comes out of a coffee cup. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to say you went to Home Depot and bought a cock gun and were disappointed that it, had, that it did not have sour cream in it. All right, everybody. Welcome out to The Log Room. It is Wednesday, February 3rd, 2021. Jersey Johnny coming at you. And with me, as always, are none other than Mr. Radio Pete and Mr. Harry Lugnut. Say hello, guys. Hello, Roger. Guys. Hello, Roger. Roger, under, over, over. Uh, what? Stop, stop calling me Roger. I was under, over, and Roger was underdone or something like that. Uh, how are you? Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, you know, I don't know. I haven't really uh, checked. What, day, what day is? It? I haven't really checked in. No. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had my real checked in a I while. You're real checked in a bit. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> you, you need to you need to get on that. Uh, yeah. Kind of, yeah. No one has told so me to how I am, so I don't know. <laughs> the car hasn't been know. out for a drive, so <laughs> this is true. Uh, that's always. A good I'm I'm point. ready. How about that? There you go. I'm ready Are for the sure? Super Bowl. Ready, ready and willing. I'm ready for the Super Bowl. Why not? <clears throat> oh Absolutely. yeah, I'm ready for the Super Bowl too. I think it's going to um, be a good one. I'm ready for the Super Bowl. So. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. Look at me. I'm all ready. I'm staying in this outfit until Sunday. I do really hope that if the Chiefs win, they <laughs> sleeping in it. This, this is the second. This is the second chance for the Chiefs to douse Andy Reid with barbecue sauce <laughs> out of a Gatorade container. Was it, was it Casey Masterpiece that they used last year, though? I forget. I don't know. I don't really care what it is, as, as long as it's. Uh, I think it's the new barbecue flavored Gatorade that they got. To. Yes. Yes. There is that. There is that. <laughs> Porker, Porkerade. Well, they doused him with confetti last week. So that was. Uh, confetti. confetti. I think they should put the sauce and then the confetti on. Right. Or put the confetti, put the sauce on the confetti. And then put that on. Mm. There should never be confetti and Andy Reid together. That's I'm I'm standing by that statement. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, just yeah, doesn't be... seem like a confetti kind of guy. Well, I like I like Pete's idea. Sauce them first, and then put the confetti on them, and then throw the confetti on. Yeah, sort of I a modern version. Sauce them first, and then put put wrap them in bread. Version of tarring <laughs> and feathering. It's it's the yeah, only it's the done can, with can, current day Kansas City version of tar and feathering. Yeah, exactly. that's right. So, but that'll work. Yeah. Um, sauce and confetti. Yeah, sauce and so. Well, I mean, there's a few things, uh, uh, you know, that have been that are going on this week. Um, one of them, what is that? It's uh, oh yeah, the Super Bowl. We just talked about it. Yeah, that's that's happening. Nobody's been arrested yeah. yet or anything. No, not yet. Although I did hear a report. And this is unsubstantiated. Are the hookers in one, a bubble? I heard. It. Yeah, they are actually. They put them in a bubble. Um, uh, from uh, you know, probably third or fourth hand. Uh, I heard this, but apparently, about twenty players. Uh, were including Patrick Mahomes from the Chiefs were supposed to go to this one particular barber and get haircuts, and this barber tested positive for COVID. Um, and one person in the organization, I don't know who it was, uh, actually did uh, come in contact with him. It haven't tested positive by any means, but yet anyway. But but their hair looks fabulous. <laughs> absolutely. But um, but none of them had gone apparently. Maybe maybe don't uh, worry about getting your hair cut from a strange yeah, well, what barber. Well, what I was thinking was maybe I mean, is it possible that Brady actually paid the barber to get COVID? 
and then send everybody to him? We probably gave it to him. Yeah, oh, poor, poor Brady. Brady <laughs> probably has it. I wonder if future generations will just look at what he actually accomplished with probably. absolutely no fucking talent around him. <laughs> probably. Playing till the age of 63 uh, and no, say, I, you know what? He was pretty good. <laughs> playing till well, if he wasn't like such an arrogant, obnoxious I don't think jerk, he's an arrogant people, jerk. No, I know. I'm being extremely sarcastic. He's yeah. like the nicest guy in the world. Really? Which yeah. is even more reason to he hate actually, him. After, they, after he won the game up in Lambeau, he actually w- went up to the security guard uh, and, and asked if it was okay with her that his son come down and give him a hug. That sounds and, about right. You know, yeah. so I mean, you know, <laughs> who else would do that? You know, I mean, yeah, you know, uh, you're, you're, you're absolutely right, Pete. He's like, he's like the, the guy's a guy. freaking saint. <laughs> hate his guts. <laughs> you don't hate his guts because he's a saint. You no, hate I his did. guts. No, he, a he has no, he has no business <laughs> being a if he saint. If he played on the Saints, he would hate him far less. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. So, well, um, unless the Saints played in the AFC East. <laughs> well, this is true, too. Uh, that would, that would, that would yeah. suck there. But anyway, but, um, well, today is, um, before we get into any Super Bowl conversation, today is uh, the 13th anniversary. Last week was uh, an anniversary of a giant Super Bowl. This week is the 13th anniversary of another giant Super Bowl, Super Bowl 42. Right there, there is Mr. Uh, Manning uh, hosting, hoisting, hosting, hoisting the trophy. Um, with uh, Jerry Bradshaw was great in that game. Yeah, he he, he played a, he played a good microphone that that, uh, that game. It was uh, really good. But um, now he was uh, it was a it was a wild Super Bowl. We'll, we'll get more to uh, on that later. But um, it was did you a good see. One. It was very good. Did you see uh, uh, that interview? Uh, I forget what it was, it was, Super Bowl Live or whatever. OCU Manure. There was people uh, checking in. What they were talking, like zooming, I guess, in with uh, with Brady and OCU Manure actually uh, got on the line and uh, Brady went back and forth with him and says something. I'm paraphrasing, but it was like, uh, you know, that was he. Uh, he said something that was one of his worst uh, uh, Sunday memories uh, because he had too much uh, Manure on top of him. He said. Between him and Strahan and uh, Justin Tuck. And he uh, actually said, you guys had such a great defense. You were definitely the better team, and you deserved to win that game. Brady actually said that. So, On that day, for those minutes, they were better. Yeah. And for that, for those 60 minutes worth of football playtime, they were the better team. O.C. Yuminora, there's a name. What is he up to these days? See, see, hosting with Hoda? I don't know. Yeah, I, maybe. Maybe. maybe he might be the fill-in. He's a villain. He's a villain. Hoda. Is Strahan still doing the morning yeah. fucking show yeah. thing? He is. Yeah. Yeah. Who is he on with now? No, it's it's uh, Good Morning America. He's on. He's on with a oh, people. Took over for Charlie Rose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At least who, in some areas. Uh, some, who, some, who, he doesn't who, do everything. He doesn't do quite everything Charlie used to do. No, no. Uh, who? Because he was on with like Kathy Lee or Kathy Lee's replacement, right? What was, he was her name? On, uh, uh, Kel- Kelly Ruppert. Kelly, there you go. Yeah. yeah, he was he he that was actually on that show, right? He was the permanent host for a while, for over years. Yeah, right? he was. had the gig, and then it went. He to took over rest. for he took over for um took over for Regis. Regis, yeah. And but now it's Ryan Seacrest. Now it's Ryan and Kelly. So he probably left there for greener pastures. He loved, yeah, he got a better offer from Good Morning America. And Kelly Ripa was pissed that she didn't get the offer, and, and Strahan did. But, I, you know. I think Kelly Ripa should be really thankful for everything she has in life and just stick with that. <laughs> She's made the most of um, uh, limited talent. 
Um, the the thing that she did the, the, that I think was one of the best things she did was there was that uh, uh, there was that spoof on The Sopranos. It was her and uh, Tony Sirico, uh, Paulie Walnuts from The Sopranos, when they did the uh, spelling bee in oh, Brooklyn yeah, yeah, spelling yeah. bee. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Mutzadel, M U T Z D E L, Mutzadel. Yeah, I was just talking about this with somebody today who was asking me about The Sopranos, and I'm like. You have to understand that, like the northeastern, especially New York and New Jersey Italians, it's it's not Italian that they're actually speaking, because the Italian language has vowels at the end of all of these words. It's yeah. just years, generations, and generations of literally and figuratively butchering those words. Yeah, yeah there's a there's a great YouTube video where somebody actually went to Italy, right, and asked actual Italians. Yeah. And was using those pronunciations. Yeah. Yes. And and he would hold up a card with the yeah. word. Yeah. And they, they would no, it, no Italian is going to know what gabagool is. I would like some right, gabagool. Yeah. And, yeah. and the, yeah. the, uh, the you know, yes. native Italian would look at it and they would go, uh, What? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what you want. Yeah. Gabacola. Yeah. And they would go, Gabagool. I don't speak Staten Island. And they would look at it and he would hold it up, you know, and he would be like, Prosciutto. Yeah, and that, they would go. What do you? And they would look. Well, no, at no. Like, what do you? That, that was actually close, though. It's, it's yeah. It, they say brujut, brujut. Not these right? people. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying in Brooklyn or wherever they say. Brujut, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, right. It's brujut. But, but, yeah, but every word was, yeah. you know, like uh, yeah, like mozzarella, like mozzarella, and then, no, no, mozzarella, yeah. mozzarella. No, that's not how you say it. And these were actual people who live. In Italy, and yeah, it's, it's, not, a, it's a it's great not. video. It's not. Bad. Yeah. By the way, before I forget, I'm like I have one good item to add with Kelly Ripa. She did a guest spot on Broad City, which is a great show that's I think over now. But check that out; it's really good. Yeah, she plays herself, and it is fantastic. So yeah. she does have a sense of humor. Uh, John Stepakura says, "Prochut, prochut, yeah, there you go. A that's pro shoot. That's when you hire a, uh, a, a a professional photographer. It's a pro shoot. It's yeah. a pro shoot. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that uh, that makes uh, that makes all the sense in the world. But uh, yeah, no, that was that was definitely something uh, that she did that I thought was good. But yeah, no, uh, Strahan got the <laughs> got the gig on Good Morning America. Um, she did not. So, uh, and he's uh, between that and you know. Fox NFL Sundays and everything. OCU Menorahs on CNBC. He actually, Strahan actually, was it a week and a half ago, he actually tested positive for COVID. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So, uh, it's not going to slow him down. He's been quarantining. No. So, but uh, at least I heard, you know, I, I didn't speak with his doctor and there weren't any HIPAA violations or whatever. It was reported. So, in any oh, event, good. um, so that was uh, that was that, but yeah, anyway. and that is today's celebrity <laughs> that COVID is today's... update. How did we get from the brought to you by mozzarella? <laughs> celebrating the Giants for sure. Super Bowl yeah, yeah. to what Michael Strahan tested brought to you well, by Gabagool. Well, because uh, Strahan was in Super Bowl forty two, and it's, today's the thirteenth anniversary of it, so that's how we kind of migrated from that to that. Oh, okay, so, so congratulations uh, to those. There you go. Giants fans out there to good positive memories of many years ago. Yes, good positive right. memories of many years ago. What did you What did you call it before the show started? You said it was like uh, breaking up with a girl and getting remembered of how. Uh... Yeah, it's like looking back and going, uh, "Oh yeah, she used to she used to she used to be with me." It's yeah. kind of like you know when you look at the Giants now, it's 
It's, Are uh, you pining for lost days? From- <laughs> no, I just think the organization has made some really bad decisions over the last 10 years, 12 years. Well, hopefully the ones they've made in the last year or so have uh, started to turn that around. We'll, I don't know about that. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I mean, yeah, you know, got, Eli, certainly... Eli sucked his first couple of years, so Daniel That's Jones right. could win a couple Super Bowls, too. That's right. You know, Joe I, Judge I, is going to be the next Bill Belichick. I, Bill yeah. Belichick. I heard, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess so. But um, no, I, uh, you know what? I mean, you got to admit, they're uh, probably a little bit better off than they were, uh, you know, the second year of McAdoo or the first or second year of Shermer. Yeah. Uh, so, But it's all part of the decade plus of sucking. This is true. This is true. But, well, time will tell. And uh, I, I honestly can't feel that bad for you. No, this is no. true. And speaking of the I, Jets, I love you guys, but I can't feel that bad for you. <laughs> speaking of your Jets. You know, one of these shows, we have to do, a, we have to like go on a safari hunt to the back of your room and just see what's actually <laughs> back see what's, well, Yeah, I never noticed. Is that like, is that John Kennedy Pez dispenser waving to us? Or uh, no, to- that okay. is, that is, um, that is a believe it or not, it's a family heirloom. It probably should be destroyed because it's offensive. It's a native banging on a drum. Oh, that was brought back by uh, some, I think, family relative who was a missionary in Africa, like uh, okay. probably eighty years ago. All right. Well, so he's least... he's uh, about to uh, hit a drum. And gotcha. So, uh, gotcha. Yeah, you know, I'm sure it's a uh, exploitation. Was probably carved by natives at the time who were sure beaten into christianity and then i think he, he just he I came think, home after a year and he brought the statue he goes look think, what they made me as a I party you should just tell everybody it's a john kennedy pez dispenser i like that better <laughs> you just say that's what it is yeah 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 no it's a john kennedy pez dispenser. Well, and, and in front of it is uh, a study guide for the act from a couple of years ago there you yeah. go there you go nice. that's so, what's making it look like so the pez. so the the, yeah. the, the scale tribal, is my scale the tribal is the, the tribal whittled tribal uh, figure was studying for the act mm-hmm. it could be sure pretty much there's no reason hey you can't hold the you can't hold the black back down. absolutely no 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 let him no there's a whole bevy of stuff back there mm. like if you we look on that top if you look let me see if i can if you look right there <laughs> right. it looks like that a is, green giant or something like a green bat that's actually. uh that's patrick from uh spongebob squarepants patrick okay. from spongebob that's a stuffed patrick yeah. uh, i think you i think you should be on the show uh at some point there's a there's yeah. a few uh Oh, yeah, it looks and, like there's some like bandages and jumper cables back there. Oh, there are. This <laughs> is my bathrobe. Oh, there you go. It's why don't small. you wear? Why don't you wear that? <laughs> I, I was gonna wear that. It was so cold in here. <laughs> the heat between this room and the next room is on the same zone. I no, think this, you should. This put is just on, like a little extra. I, I think at the beginning office. of every. I think at the beginning of every show, you should put on your bathrobe. Like I know, will tell you something. That, that, that is a take off your shoes and put on sneakers. They got to do that. That is yeah. a gloriously regal bathrobe, and I will yeah, wear yeah, one. I'm, I'm, I, I must, would imagine you must, and you will see. It is rather wonderful. Is it a Dallas Cowboys bathrobe? Or no? <laughs> no, no, it is just a. It just to have comically to those extravagant robe that yeah, I nice. so it's like, serve. Nice, gotcha. It's also like a couple sizes too big for me. Really? So that it doubles as like a tent for a family of six. <laughs> a, small, a small family. Yes. You know, yes. you need some, if you're caught out in the woods, you put up some sticks, 
stick right. it in the ground and throw this thing over. Put the rope over can, it. You're good you can to go. park a small car underneath it. Nice, yeah. nice. It's yeah. a little lean to. That's good. Yeah, there's right. quite a. You know what? Maybe, maybe when football is over, we'll uh, we'll we'll have a new segment. I'll pull something from the shelves every week. There you go. At random. What you're going to say? Pull something from your robe. I think something from my robe. Something from your robe. The new segment. Well, that's maybe that's on, my, that's on my that's on my pay channel. He can pull that's up right. he can pull right. That's on your OnlyFans. I will. That's, uh, right. yeah, my, that's it. That's on my OnlyFans account. This week, for, if you're interested in seeing Radio Pete with soap on a rope around his neck and his bathrobe, then go to it's uh, Pete's Mutsa, the Mutsadale Report. Yeah, there you go. Here we go. John Stewart Curry says, when I mash in early in the morning, I always have my bathrobe on. I might trademark the <laughs> bathrobe brewer. Hello, that's great. You got to do mm, that. You got to do that. That has, uh, yeah. I thought Raleigh Fingers was the bathrobe brewer. <laughs> uh, he, was the, he was the bathrobe bandit, I thought he was. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right there you go. Robin Yount was the bathrobe brewer. brewer. Right, exactly. Get it straight. Come on. All right. Well, anyway, um, speaking of your Jets. As we were saying, uh, it's yeah. not obviously a lot to talk about, but I just got to ask you: Do you think there's any legitimate shot that they're going to get Watson? It sounds like it, don't you think? It, it sounds like it, and it doesn't. You know, I, last week I would have said um, they're going to want a, at least a serviceable quarterback back, and obviously a high draft pick, and that put the Jets and the Dolphins right there at the top, but. Really, they don't. They don't. If they're gonna get uh, a decent draft pick, you know, they, they don't really need. I mean, they just need somebody to take snaps and fill the position sure. for a couple of years, right? Exactly. Um, you know, so uh, they. I'm starting to think that the Dolphins. I mean, the the Jets have a little bit better package, I think, with draft picks. But uh, if you're if you're Houston, you're probably looking at Tua and saying, "Well, that's a better guy." To be under center, and then I don't have to use the third pick on a quarterback. If you're going to get more, if you want to get more picks and take the Jets, then I think you probably draft a quarterback. I think they're going to draft Donald is is your backup, yeah. or you discard yeah. him and get what you can for well, him. They used to use him for trade, another trade. I think they're going to draft a quarterback. They're going to draft draft the kid from uh, BYU. It's, yeah, you know, Zach, so Zach, but I mean, uh, it, it's, Wilson, it has to Wilson, be yeah. the other thing. The other thing is it has to be somewhere where he wants to go. Right. And if it, you're looking at it, it sounded at the, like it's confirmed. Did he? He's open to going to the Jets. Not only is he open, he wants it, to go. He wants to go. I don't. I just I hear conflicting reports about that. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't make any basis. sense. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing with me. I mean, well, if you're going to pick one of those, gonna... let's say it's one of those two organizations, you're going to want to go to Miami. They're in a they're in a better position right now. Yeah, but if he goes to the Jets. Um, he obviously he's liking the coach better. He's liking he's liking well, that's, yeah. better than Brian Flores, right? And uh, it's also if he goes to the Jets, it's going to be the it's going to be the Deshaun Watson show. You know, I mean, it's pretty much going to be the Deshaun Watson show down in in, in Miami. As well, well, hopefully, but, it's not that Deshaun Watson gets splattered, Joe Burrow, and uh, you know, but I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, the thing the thing that if I'm Miami though, I have to look at it and going okay. Can any quarterback come in here and 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 do and, and fit in with this team? Obviously, Watson's one of those rare talents who could probably go anywhere and make the team better, right. the exception of maybe Kansas City. Um, so, yeah, logically, it would make sense for him to go to the Dolphins, but maybe maybe he's in on what 
Houston really wants, and maybe the Jets have more to offer. I think with the second pick, I think, or the first, I think with that second pick, they certainly have. That's a really good calling card. It might be a better calling card than Tua, especially if they think Wilson's going to be a better long-term fit than than Tua, which right. he might be. The fact well, that the, the, Dolph- the, the fact that the Dolphins are giving up on Tua, you know, doesn't doesn't bode well for Tua, right? And the other thing about this that I've, I've been hearing from some people is maybe if they go either with the Jets or the Dolphins, uh, they may not want the quarterback as part of the package at all. If they're going to draft somebody, they may want someone else. Yeah, they just want they to may want it. They might they want they want the pick two or three. They're going to get a quarterback if they're if they're happy with two guys who are not uh, assumedly Trevor Lawrence. If they're happy with with either one, you know, there's three names out there, right? You got Fields, you got the guy from BYU, and you got uh, Mac uh, Jones, mm-hmm. right? So if they're happy Jones, with Jones is, I think, further down the list than the other yeah. two, yeah, the three, yeah. yeah. But if you're happy with two of those guys, um, Houston is, then you're going to get one of them at number three. And I don't know who else on their team you would want. Maybe you don't want Tua. And if you're getting the Jets and you want the extra first round pick, maybe you don't want Bradford. Maybe you want Darnold. Darnold, you mean? Uh, yeah, I, I, Bradford, <laughs> Darnold. You know that. Uh, I was funny. I was thinking about that yesterday. I'm like, I don't know why I keep calling him Bradford. I think maybe the Jets you don't want Darnold. Maybe I, you want someone else. I know? think the Jets are in a situation for whatever Houston asks for in addition to the pick, you give them. Of course, of course. Yeah. I mean, but that they, may or may not be. They're, you know, starting quarterback. Yeah. I saw something. No, uh, nobody. I mean, which, yeah, you know. I saw something yesterday where they said that, uh, and, and they're comparing it to, and we'll get into that in a second, but the whole Stafford trade out to, to the Rams, um, and we'll get into that in a second. But um, based on what uh, the Lions got back for Stafford, um, they're saying, oh, well, the Jets or anybody are going to have to give up the farm to get Watson if uh, if Detroit got back what they got back for Stafford. The, Jet, but, the Jets' farm is a rabid goat and yeah. a one-leg pig. Well, here's the thing. The reason they got all the draft picks that they got wasn't so much for Stafford. It was for taking Goff's contract. Yeah. And, right. And that, that exorbitant contract and and absorbing that contract. Um, that that That's what the picks were for. It wasn't for the fact that they were getting Matthew Stafford, and that's how good a quarterback he's worth those picks. I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback, but the, I, I do not believe that the Jets or anybody for that matter is going to have to give up more than that to get. Yeah, Watson. but they didn't. They didn't give up the second pick in the NFL. Right. Draft. They gave up. They gave up this year's first round and yeah. and next year's first round. And uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. The Rams gave up next the next next year and the year after 2022 and 2023 first round. They gave up the second round this year or third round this year, and a second round next year or something like that. And uh, and Goff, um, yeah. but uh, I mean, with the Jets, know, the Jets it could be a player, the number two, and then um, yeah. a number maybe one their next other, year. Right. From what another, I'm and another first round pick this year, you know, you yeah, they got Seattle's from, number one. This from, year. What I'm, yeah. from what I'm yeah. reading, from what multiple times, not just you know one report, Houston is really hot on Wilson, and they don't want to take a chance of not getting him, and, and so that second pick. Is it's what's get, the most attractive thing right now. It's going to guarantee they get Wilson, right? Exactly. So it's not so much that Watson is wants the Jets over Miami at a high level. It's that Houston 
wants that second pick. They want to be able to. They, we all know Lawrence is going first, so they want the 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 the. the the they want their choice lot. of everybody else, which raises the question: If that's what you're going to do, then maybe you ask for something else besides. No, they will. Bradford. Yeah. Besides Darnold, <laughs> someone other than I, Darnold. I, I, Bradford, I don't Darnold. care about. Maybe they don't I, want. I, I, I think the maybe Jets. I think the Jets will probably make it. I think the Jets need to get rid of Darnold's contract. And not have him lingering out there, and I don't think he's trade bait for anybody else. So I think he'll be included in it. Well, he's might... still on his rookie contract, so it's not like it's a lot. Well, rookie, yeah, yeah. But, but, but what I mean is moving Houston... forward. Yeah, right. right. But let's say Houston wants who's the best player on the desk? Quinn Williams. Right. Do you make you know you got to throw him in now? Well, uh, look, know. the other you thing know, too if, is if that they're going to take a quarterback at number two, then maybe well, they're they, going to want the well, best non-quarterback the Jets have to offer. Well, they might take a quarterback and say, hey, we don't want him. We don't, we've learned from the other teams' mistakes, and we don't want to put him in in the first game, four games of the season. It would you know? make sense for them to take Darnold, let Darnold uh, you know, play this year, play out his rookie contract with Houston, and then put Justin Fields in next year or at some point. Right. You know, I don't think it's going to be Phillips. I think it's going to be Wilson or Wilson, Zach Wilson, yeah. whatever, either or. But um, uh, that's who I that's who I feel like they're really hot on, right? Um, but e- either way, at least they have somebody that can you know uh, take the snaps this year, so they don't have to throw their their rookie to the. To, I mean, to, look, if the Jets the can manage to hold on to Darnold and keep him as a backup quarterback, if you know, obviously he's not going to be happy in that yeah. role, but. I think the Jets would be it would it would uh, behoove the Jets at that point if Houston didn't take Darnold to trade him to some other team that what are you going to get a quarterback him? whatever get a Nothing. second round pick next year who wants Sam <laughs> yeah. Darnold raise your hand no one there's only one other team there are worse that... quarterbacks who I, I'm 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 sure there, of it give me a minute I'll think of they're not in the same stadium but they're not going <laughs> to admit that that's it. That's it. He doesn't even have to leave his house. You get to stay in your house. Here you, there you go. go. There you, go. you and Daniel Jones can fight it out for the battle of mediocrity. Well, in any event. Well, yeah. listen, if, if, you're you're giant, if, if you're the Giants, if you're the Giants, wrong, you're not... Sam Darnold was a number three pick, right? Yeah. yeah. And, he, and he was picked in the draft he was picked. He was picked before Josh remember, Allen. Remember Ryan Leaf? He was, pecked, he was picked before Josh Allen. I know. And, uh, and, uh, yeah. He's picked before a lot of people. But Again. the Jets wish that. No, Again. specifically speaking about quarterbacks. This, yeah. this is, are playing here we well are. Right this, is, this is all, this is what I'm He saying. is the Sam Bowie of NFL. We, we, we start out the show talking about a giant Super Bowl win and then it's beat up on the Jets. Now, I'm not, be, I'm not beating up enough. on the Jets. It's bad I, enough. I'm, I compared him to Bradford. You just compared him to Sam Bowie. Sam Bowie. Um, I didn't go there. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm actually excited for the Jets. My point being is that I think it would be great if Deshaun Watson goes to New York. Yeah, I, I think it would be great I for. Be I think it would be great too. for New York. Not well, obviously, it's going to be incredible for the Jets, but I think it would be great for New York too. Yeah. So, but yeah. hey, well, we'll see what we'll see what happens. We'll see how yeah. that plays out. Yeah. They're the Jets. Um, they still have time to screw it up. They're they're slow playing it. I mean, there there was a couple of reports that say that this this might last until training camp, so it wouldn't even involve this year's draft picks. No, it's got and, and I think that's well, false. When is, it's got to involve the, this year's draft picks, right? I mean, yeah, that's, no. That's when the is the draft getting them? Yeah. When is the draft? Uh, April twenty ninth. Right? Yeah. yeah. So it's got to be done before that. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's it's stupid. Of It'll course, be done it's on be like done. the twenty fifth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If they're gonna if they're gonna trade them and they and they can get the second draft pick this year. 
they're going to do it before the draft. It's not happening. Right. It's not waiting till. Yeah, it's the only on. thing the Jets have to. Right. It's the only card the Jets have to play. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, unless it's a draft the person we want and then trade them later, I don't know. It doesn't later, make yeah. any sense. It doesn't make any sense either. Now, yeah. Um. So, what do you think of the? Uh, what do you think of that Stafford trade anyway? I think it's well, good for I, both teams. Yeah, they could do a sign and trade, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But why would you? Why not just make yeah, a trade? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Just do it. Yeah, yeah. Unless but, there's uh, some financial implication. Look, I, I was looking at Stafford and Goff's numbers, just numbers. I realize stats don't tell everything. They're really similar. Um, Goff's numbers are not as bad. He, he, you know, he he doesn't. He's in 18. He had a really good year, obviously, and threw a lot of touchdowns. His, his touchdowns are down. His interceptions are up a little bit. But Stafford and Goff's num, uh, numbers are not very different. Uh, I think that I think Goff is going to do okay in, in Detroit. I think the expectations are going to be off. I think he's going to have be with a coach that maybe he's not at odds with, right. and we'll see with Stafford. Stafford's one of those guys that he's obviously a very good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Is he a Philip Rivers, or is he? Does he have the ability to be this guy? I I just don't know. And does this make does this put the Rams? In, I think it puts them in a better situation, but does it make the Rams better than? Does it get them over the next hurdle? Does it? Does it get them? Are they the favorite in the NFC? I don't think so. No. How old um, is Goff? Goff's twenty six. Nah, so that, he's a little to, older than that. Twenty seven, twenty eight. I'll find out. To um, me, I think that might give that. That's what gives LA. That's something they wanted. Not they not. Oh man, we want a quarterback who's you know. You mean Detroit wanted a younger quarterback? Um, they wanted an older quarterback. No, I think that um, you are correct, sir. He's twenty six. Twenty six. Yeah, I think L A. wanted someone with a little more experience, mm-hmm. and I think that's what. Yeah, I mean, you got you, better. I mean, Sta- got, you, Stafford is five or six years left with Stafford. Stafford seems older. He's kind of like in he's, he's thirty two. Day Cutler mold, you know. Yeah, he's thirty two or thirty three. So he, he turns thirty three uh, next week. You got next four week. good. You got four good years left of them. Yeah, and, and maybe more if you might go to forty. On but he's kind of you know he's he's battle tested is what I'm saying, and he's tough. He's, we know he's, he's tough. He, he is tough. He's battle tested. He just. But the Rams are win now. Yeah, they're win, yeah. they're set up to win now. They are so. I, th- I just think maybe they thought we're not going to get there with Goff. And he's never and Stafford's never had a defense of any sort around him. So the fact that he doesn't have to be a gunslinger being down 20 points in, at halftime all the time. Yeah. I think suits him a little better if the Rams can continue to have a running game and balance n- not make Stafford have to throw the ball 50 times a game. Right. Yeah, I mean who has right. Stafford had in the backfield? Nobody. Who's he had to run the ball ever? In a revolving no. running back story yeah. since so since Barry <laughs> really and in, in you know, and and you're right he never had a deep I mean you know the, never had a defense and never had a running game no but, but I mean he's, two he's, pretty big components of having a yeah. winning football team so. I mean he's he's played in a division that has had a lot of parity over the years yeah. there's always the close rivalry games between Green Bay and and the Bears and Minnesota and he's you know in that division he's always been the second best quarterback in that division uh, but over, he's always been on the worst team. Years. In other words, if you look at the last, you know, half a decade, right? Yeah, other second teams best quarterback better. on the worst team. Yeah, and Detroit's gotten zero, zero right. percent. Better. I mean, they had a few years there where they were, you know, battling. Yeah, I mean, in that division, there are all, there's Green Bay now, and I mean, the Bears' record 
is better than they are. And uh, I'm not sure there's a big separation between Detroit and Minnesota. It's is Stafford. I, 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 it'll be interesting to see. I, I put him in the same basket as guys like Philip Rivers and Andrew Luck when he was playing guys who I think can put up really gaudy numbers, but let's see what they can. I, let's give him an opportunity in the postseason and see what he can actually do. Right. He doesn't have a lot of postseason experience, obviously. No, well, no. <laughs> no, I think, I think <laughs> he, he has every opportunity to flourish there. And I think he will. Yeah. I think he goes to a much, much. Better well, he's in LA too, and he's out of Detroit. I mean, he's probably doing backflips right now. He's back in LA. Would he? He can hang out with his best friend from yeah. high school again. Who's that? Whoever that is, Clayton Kershaw. Oh, all right, great. <laughs> no, well, listen, he could follow the Kershaw method, right? Be a loser yeah. for a number of years, and then finally put it together. Put it together, exactly. I wouldn't call yeah. Kershaw a loser. He just didn't win. <laughs> well, in the, the playoffs. Yeah. In the playoffs. In the playoffs. Yeah. It took him a while. I knew it. I knew but it. you know what? That's yeah. But you know what? That's that's a, a formula that a lot of great players have followed who didn't have great sure. postseason success. There's so, a lot of great would, quarterbacks who have never won never, never ever suggest that Clayton Kershaw isn't a, a great loser. I mean it, pitcher. I, I, he just was a loser in the playoffs, really, yeah. until this year. He so, didn't he wasn't able to he wasn't able to finish the job in the playoffs. Yeah. So <clears throat> but um, Stafford, yeah. of course, really Stafford, of have course. As much, certainly doesn't have as much experience Staff, in the playoffs. Stafford, Stafford's going to be the fourth starter on the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, of course, uh, you know that 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 came a part of the contract too. That's right. So, but uh, in any event, um, yeah, I think I think it'll be interesting. It'll be odd. I mean, he's he's one of those guys who I kind of thought maybe he'll end his career in Detroit, you know, but. Yeah, that's going to be weird to see because it seems like he's been around for a lot longer mm-hmm. than he has. Again, he's not young, but he's, you know, he's well, in that he came last. In, came into the league when he was like, what, 21? So he's been around for he's been 12 around years, 12 13 years. Right, but years. he's only 33, going to be 33 years old. You know, yeah. I, I would have thought he was 36. Uh, you know, you look at maybe. Tom Brady, he's got at least another 10 years now, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. Brady's going to go until <laughs> probably. I think you need to look at Eli and Ben Roethlisberger as sort of pushing the outer limits. Pushing the outer limits of that, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Well, well speaking of Brady, let's use it as a segue and uh, let's let's do some Super Bowl talk. Um, uh, that is coming up this week, so as well. Um, uh, speaking of that, uh, just to get into it, uh, what's Kansas City favored by? Is it five and a half or six? I, uh, you know what, I was just going to check that. I have the over under for a lot of other stats. I, uh, I. Didn't find that right before the show started, but let me just tell you this while I was looking at that. Um, Harry Carson uh, was uh, quoted today. He was quoted yesterday. He won the uh, they, they gave out the uh, Thurman Munson Awards uh, yesterday, and a few people uh, won them. Um, people who won. should be in the Hall of Fame but have been ripped off their entire fucking lives. Oh, is that what the Thurman Munson Award is? That's the Thurman Munson Award. Best um, Yankee catcher since Yogi Berra. Yeah. There you go. Um, well, Harry Carson. Uh, was talking about Tom Brady, and he said the way Brady's moving, the way he's playing, the level he's playing at at 43, he looks like he could play for another seven years till he's 50. Forget about 45, that he thinks he could play till he's 50. Um, what's, your, yeah. what's your what's your take on that? Yeah, I, I mean, no. you know, we, we know he's not gonna, but I mean, no, because who the hell knows? Because here's the no, because here's the thing. It, it, obviously, he's not exactly the same as he was ten no, years he, ago. I mean, he was never the most fleet of foot. No, time always takes its toll. So you might say, oh, yeah, he looks great at the end of this year. He could play another 10 years. And then at the end of next year, you go, well, he doesn't look as good. Maybe he's going to play for two or three more years. And then after another year, you go, yeah, he's pretty much done. 
you know, it kind of it can catch up to you in a hurry. You can't look at what he's done now and say he's going to be at exactly this level for the next six years, so therefore he can play for seven more. He if probably they, will because he's Tom Brady, if, also if, known as Jesus. If Kansas City wins. He can play as long as he wants. If Kansas City wins, I think Brady will play until he's 46. 46? I do. Wants, so you just, think so he wants another win. So you think if the, so you think if the Bucks win, he's done. I think it would be smart for him to go out on top. I really do. I mean it would be it, it would make if I was him, I would. I'd, I'd grab my supermodel wife and my poster children and head off to my private island and you know whatever the case might be, but Right. I, I mean, look, it would be it would be an upset. It would be it would, it would be a great story, and only Elway has really looked like, I guess you can maybe say Peyton Manning, but there's very few people who have gone out on the top. And Well, we said, uh, we said last week, I mean, if you're, if you're comparing apples to apples, you're talking about a quarterback that, uh, you know, had won a Super Bowl and went to another team. Yeah. Um, call You know, you obviously Craig Morton uh, did it. Uh, the four of them, Craig Morton did it, but he didn't win his uh, with his second yeah. team. Yeah, Manning's and, the only one, right? And Manning's yeah, and Kurt Warner did it, but he didn't win his second his, yeah. his second team. So Manning did, but on his second try in the second Super Bowl with Denver, uh, right? And, and he was much less. Uh, 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 he was they, more of a he was I more mean, of the, a factor in the Super right. Bowl that they lost. Right. I mean, he, he arguably had his best year as a professional. And th- talk about dropping off. That's a good example of where you know Manning that th- those. How many? I think he was on the Broncos for three seasons. Uh, I think it was the second, three or four, yeah. three or four. I think it was the second season that he he had just his best. I think his best year as a pro. And then you know that last year when he won the Super Bowl, he was a he, he was a I mean he talk, he he managed the clock. That Broncos defense won that game. Yeah, of course. I mean, like yeah. we like we said last week. I mean, he didn't even the the, the end of the season. Yeah. He wasn't even playing. Brock Osweiler right. was a uh, was yeah. winning the games to get them to the Super Bowl. Right. Right. <laughs> you know. I so. mean, the reason why I say it if Brady wins is that the odds of them repeating are so lim- are so minimal these days. So okay, so he he wins this year. Let's just say he comes back next year and he's forty five. Right, the year. I mean, I just think if he loses, he's he'll be back. He'll give it another couple shots. He got a two year contract, so right. he, he he doesn't but, have to renew a contract or anything. He's right. got another year right now. If if he wins though, right. it would be ridiculous for him to come back for another year. He might. He's Tom Brady. He might. But I think he might. I don't. I think he might come back even if he wins because. Then he's, you know, if he wins this year, he's seven for ten in the Super Bowl, right? Right, and right. then even if he comes back and loses, right, he can say, okay, well, now, now it's now I'm probably not going to win anymore, so now I can hang it up. I think as long as he feels like he's got the shot and yeah. winning it, he's going to come. And look, we don't know what's going to happen at the end of that contract. He's got a horrible job; it's a hard job. So I mean, why would you? Well, wanna, you sure. Know? I mean, it's you want to get, <laughs> get out of there early. That's what most players do. But, yeah. you know, but I'm saying, you know, he's got his pension. He's got his pension waiting for him. You know, exactly. if he if he he's got I'm sure he's got a couple IRAs and you know, if he wins it this year or if he loses it this year and then comes back next year and yeah maybe he looks pretty good or he's not quite the same Tom Brady but he's still good there's no guarantee that Tampa Bay is going to want him back this you know true. they're yeah. certainly they're going to have to you know offer him another well that, that's contract. part of that's part of my point is that it, you know it's, it's yeah and at that point then what do you do well I'm not going to a third team. 
That'd be good. Right. The Giants would probably sign him then. He's not going to a third team unless it's, unless it's the Chiefs. You know, he's right. going to want to go to another team that's ready to go to the Super Bowl and win. So. Right. How would you feel if it's the Jets? <laughs> Again, Tom Brady? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, I would probably find a new AFC team. There you go. I don't think I can root for the Jets yeah, just, with just, Tom just Brady. Put all your eggs in the Dallas Cowboys basket. He's – yeah. I mean, he's – it's just – That would be sacrilegious. He's <laughs> – uh, it, it would be storybook. It would. I, I think it's going to be really hard for Tampa Bay to win this game. I mean, I, I feel well, like Kansas City is – has not played their best game yet. And, yeah, and, and, uh, I agree with you, and they did play their last game – their best game last week. Right. Um, so far this season, um, but the uh, to answer your question before, Kansas City is favored by three and a half. It's only three and a half. I mean, I I feel like that. What does Vegas know that that we don't know? I feel like that's a good that bet. Question. I, I feel like that's a good bet. Now, granted, the Patriot uh, Patriots, the, the Chiefs, <laughs> the, the you know, no, there's been very few blowouts in recent history in, in the Super Bowl, but three and a half is a doable number. Three and a half is a doable number. Um, I just feel like that's a and then, of That's course, the sh- final score is like 17-14, uh, you yeah. know, which it's not going to be because it's not going to be a no. defensive battle. So it's going to be 37-34. I, th- I, I think Tampa Bay has got to keep Kansas City under 30 points to win this game. I don't I don't see Tampa Bay being able to put up more than 30 points unless they can get one or two scores on, on defense. I mean, so the, the over-under of- is 56 and a half. Yeah. I, I, I really – this could – I think this game could get out of hand. It could very easily get out. I really, I really do. Depends on what Mr. Bowles does with his defense against uh, Mahomes yeah. and uh, and yeah. Kelsey and uh, Hill. So. The other thing, too, that people are not really catching on is that Kansas City's defense is looking a lot better than it did this time last year. Yeah. So, yeah, they look better. Yeah, you've been saying they, for weeks. Yeah, yeah. they look, they look, you, they, you said that weeks ago, and better. then they. And then they barely won a bunch of close games, and we kind of went, oh, maybe they're yeah, not but, that good. But, but, they they kinda, that, but the defense kept they, them in those games. Yeah, they kind of have cranked it up. I, I will Listen, I'm – well, we're going to do an official pick segment for the Super yeah, Bowl? Yeah, we'll do uh, – Okay, because we'll we have to review the regular season too. Sure. So uh, I, I would just say what could be something of a difference maker, not the difference maker, but part of it is the Kansas City offensive line, which is now – yeah, missing they're down one. They're missing one. Yeah, both of their ends, yeah. and I think their backup center is also got the COVID protocol. Um, they're not missing their tight ends. That would be a huge loss. No, their defense. <laughs> oh. Their their oh, defense. Oh, you're talking the defensive line. No, no, the offensive offensive line. line. They're tackles. They're missing tackles. their starting tackles. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Ends, not ends. Um, here's 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 a silly question. I am football. No things <laughs> about. <laughs> Guys on ends, fat guy on ends. <laughs> guy, put him over there. <laughs> With seven on jersey, seven seventy something. Uh, uh, here's Them a, here's out, a, not play. Here's a silly question for you. Let me ask you, both of you. Let me ask you this. Hypothetically speaking, God forbid this even happens, but God forbid. But either team doesn't matter. Well, the Chiefs or the uh, Bucks, it doesn't matter. Either team, significant amount of starting players test positive and have to go into COVID protocol and can't play. Do they play the game? Do they postpone it? That's not even. God forbid. It, but yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, they've gone this far during the. No, I I think I unless it's a serious I, amount from yeah, both the, teams, serious amount, then you play you play the game. Look, this is part. This is part of it. This is why 
if I was the if I was the coach, I'd have these guys on, on locked up, locked down. Yeah, just you you can't. I'd you're not going them, out to talk to the media. You're I'd, sitting in your room by yourself on I'd, your computer talking. I'd to the throw media. the meat through a slot. <laughs> yeah, Kansas City didn't even show up until yeah this past Saturday, right? Yeah, they, they, yeah, they didn't even like get that. into town until Saturday. They stayed away. Yeah. Look, there are protocols in place. Everybody right. knows what they are. Everybody knows what the stakes are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If if you know if 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 the players violate them against you know strict orders, obviously, well, it, then that's it, a lack of discipline on the team. But it's, it's if, could if be you don't team, control your guys, it's your own fault. Right. The, the reality of the it game. is, there was an interesting article in the, in the Wall Street Journal today about the NFL did a pretty intensive summary of the spread of COVID and how through the high infection rate on the Tennessee Titans earlier in the season what really works and what doesn't work. It was actually really an interesting article. I would suggest people read it unless you're one of those believers that think that, you know, the Jews are shooting lasers out of the sky and uh, people are sucking blood out of babies from space. space, Yes. But if you're just looking, I mean, what was interesting about it is that they found out that it's really what happens is that any, if, if, if they're not wearing a mask and they're indoors, six feet doesn't really mean anything. And and that was right. really right. what that's what the NFL changed is that they they became much more stringent on the duration of the quarantine and making sure that when they were in in indoors that that there were everyone was wearing masks and that they were they severely limited people's interaction for more than five ten minutes with anybody outside of the internal team members and and staff. And that's what brought it down. And you have to, if you look at the numbers, the NFL, it was pretty incredible that the NFL was able to have the season that they did yeah. with as little COVID impact. Now, when you look back on it, it's like, oh, there was a lot, but it's a lot of players in the NFL. There's a lot of traveling and it did get better as, as the season went on. And yeah, it, there was a, the, 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 the NFL, beginning and they moved some stuff around and then yeah. it kind of stopped with the exception the NFL, of that Ravens thing a little bit further in. Right. The NFL was might it? have the largest test study case study in the u.s of 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 the covid transmission and it's 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 an interesting article it really is uh and and so let's i mean getting back to your point john i i i hope that that that's not the case i hope it doesn't happen i hope that but but my point is if there's a lot if there's a if there's a significant amount of of superstar right position players on one team right do they play the game or do they postpone it? You have to play. You have to play. So it, it's a four. The fact, the fact that, that the, team's going to lose then. I the mean, fact that the Super Bowl's it. in it's, Florida is what scares me. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah absolutely. So. Well, look, I I mean, there's only so much excuse you can make for people. You know, I mean, there's – I they, they – Unless even, Tom Brady even the, even the, then they have to cancel. Well, then they have to cancel. Yeah. <laughs> even the young, the only, well, no, the because it's the only would, caveat there. He will never test positive. He, he may, he probably has the COVID this whole time. He just never. Yeah. He's Tom Brady. Right. Uh, even the young guys have to control themselves, and if they don't, then it's yeah. it's your own fault. There's plenty of time right. after the game's over for whatever it is you want to do. Go, go on back to go, Kansas City and go go crazy. nuts. Go nuts. Mm-hmm. The uh, I saw a uh, a thing the uh, other day. Uh, meme or whatever it said that um, Tom, Tom Brady's only se- only several years younger. I think it's six or seven uh, years younger than Mahomes' father. 
Yeah, hmm. that was uh, that was pretty interesting. Well, Mahomes uh, is pretty damn young, and yeah, that's the scary part with Mahomes. If if Kansas City can keep this team together, we could be looking at the next dynasty. The real, the real, the really the only dynasty that we've seen in the last 10, 15 years in the NFL. That's true, because, I mean, technically you can't call the Patriots a dynasty. The team was, the players were not, because they were, you know, you know, the only, only... Well, and there was, there was a big, there was a big gap between some of those Patriots Super Bowls. Well, that's true, too. I mean, they didn't, they won... It was almost two different teams. Yeah, they won in, the, they won in, I think, oh, well, they won in oh, two, uh, oh, Five and oh six or oh four and oh five. That's it. Oh two, oh four. Well, yeah, but how many how how many years has Tom Brady been in the Yeah, it's Brady and Belichick. Those are the only It's Brady and Belichick, yeah. So they won they won three out of four back in the early two thousands, and the next time they won was twenty fifteen. Yeah. Right, but I'm saying over the course of his career with New England was what? How many seasons? Twenty. Twenty twenty seasons. Twenty. And how many Super Bowls did they go to? They uh, went to eight. They went to not nine. 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 So he won six and lost three. Roughly half the time that he was there. Yeah. Not only did he went to the Super Bowl. They almost went to Super Bowl fifty percent of every season. I mean, that's yeah, just that, to me. That's kind of a dynasty. Well, the, the big, you know, yeah, I know. Was, I know but, there were large gaps in between and stuff. But yeah, when you well, go, you gaps know, between winning, not going, because like I said, they won in o. Uh, it's the o one season, the o three season, and the o four season. Yeah, but I mean, they won. Buffalo they, was a they dynasty. Went, they, they never the, went right. They went in the 07 season and they went in the 2011 season too and lost them, and then uh, and then right. But they, they started. I'm, I'm saying yeah, I don't, the, think, the, I don't think it's a win to be a dynasty. The Patriots are definitely there. a dynasty. What I'm saying is that there's almost two dynasties there. Yeah. Okay. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's it's yeah yeah yeah. So there's such enough, a one from 01 to 07 yeah. and then 2011 to 2019 yeah. uh, 2018. Yeah. All right. I, I guess you could say that. Yeah. It's like it's like the Yankees when Jeter was a rookie and the Yankees when Jeter was in his last year. You know they're they're two different teams. They were they weren't a dynasty, regardless either way. But you know the early Yankees, you could say they they were. But when it was you know Jeter and Williams and Posada and Pettit, didn't they win like four out of six years or something like that? Right. But then the last, yeah, it's totally different team later on. Same thing with Brady. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the 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 catcher when when Jeter won his first World Series was his manager when he won his last World Series. Yeah, Joe Girardi. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, those are interesting questions. What is what is that amount of time in between, and but how I, much of the team has to stay together for it to be? My, my point being is that I think Kansas City is really the only team I see in the NFL right now who, as they're currently made out, is dynasty ready. You know? Yeah, but I mean, is it is it even possible to keep enough of those parts together? I think so. I think you can. They have so much talent. When you have Le'Veon Bell as your third straight running back. Think about yeah. that. You know, about, I mean, it's just about insane. Bell for a second. Think about that for a second. Le'Veon Bell started the season on the Jets, yeah. and he's finishing the season in the Super Bowl. As a third okay, straight well, and, running and back. What's, as, if you yeah. look at – go back and look at Pittsburgh in the big three. Right. right. Roethlisberger, Bell, and Antonio Brown. Right. Who didn't make out so well amongst those three guys? Yeah. Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger. <laughs> Brown's in the Super Bowl. Brown's yeah. in the Super Bowl, too. <laughs> well, Roethlisberger is also the only one out of all of them that has a ring. This is true. This I is don't true. think Big Ben's complaining Sunday, too much. Probably. Uh, That's only for a few more days. Most one, one of them will have it. <laughs> yeah, and he's got yeah. two rings, too. Right. Yeah. 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 So, uh, right. yeah, it's I don't know. But, yeah, if you, if you keep – I mean, yeah, you're right. You don't – if you keep one – 
wide receiver and Kelsey I mean, they'll, and they'll, one good running back. They'll, they'll keep. I mean, even if it's the next three years, let's say they'll have Hill, they'll have Kels, they'll have Mahomes. I think Tyreek Hill is on is on it still has two or three years left in his contract. Sure. You know, this is Edwards-Hilaire first year. Yeah, they have yeah, so many right. young rookie running backs. Year. They have a rookie running back good. who is beating out Le'Veon Bell and what's his name just to play. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just crazy. I mean, I, you think about that move though. I mean, you had Kareem Hunt, and then you you, yeah. you let him go because you you, you signed uh, rookie Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. That's that's sort of like pseudo what what the what the Pats were doing, you know, clear up cap space right. with a higher. And yeah, it's quant, it's quantity. It's quantity, not well, right. But the, 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 the difference is that Kansas City has quality too, and quantity at the same. Whereas player, the yeah. Patriots had, you know, how many five foot seven white guys who ran a twelve second forty yard dash can you put in there for Tom Brady to throw six yard out? Twelve patterns second forty yard dash. I can run a twelve second forty oh, yard. Yeah, dash. I, mean, I know you can. You're, you're, now, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're, tall, but you're too tall for the position, though. That's yeah, 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 New England. That's I'm, right. I'm, I'm too tall to be a wide receiver in New England. Right. Yeah, they were. Uh, what was the um, uh, Duper and Clayton? Right. Yeah. Yeah. What was the Marx Brothers? The Marx Brothers. They were. Uh, they were. They were small guys. Yeah, the Smurfs. They, the Smurfs. Yeah, uh, they had Smurfs, a big, yeah. great quarterback throwing to them. So yeah, size well, like, doesn't always matter, guys. That's what. That's what I hope <laughs> she says. That's what. That's what. Uh, that's what they say. <laughs> Uh, so, but that's, um, that's yeah. emblazoned on my family crest. Actually. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. All right. The uh, the emblazed, Chiefs co- emblazoned on your underwear. Emblazoned on your underwear. Yeah. <laughs> your yoga pants. <laughs> um, your Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs' total points over under is twenty nine and a half. That's what did I just say? I think yeah. I have to keep. I think they have to. I, I just can't see Tampa Bay scoring over thirty points on offense in this game. I, I just don't. Yeah, I, yeah. The Chiefs, the Chiefs get into the thirties and and push a little bit. They they're, they they score in thirty four, thirty seven points to win the game, and and I think they're going to do that. But we'll see what happens. Um, Mahomes is here. Here you go. Here's here's an interesting stat. Uh, not stat, but um, uh, what you want to call it? Uh, uh, whatever you want to call it. We'll call it a stat. We'll call it a stat. Thank you. Fact. Uh, a fact. A factoid. A, a nugget uh, to consider. A, a betting line has yes. that. There oh, you okay. go. Okay. Right. Um, Passing yards, total passing yards, over under for both quarterbacks. Mahomes is uh, 360. 325.5. Brady, 295.5. So, uh, according to uh, Vegas, Mahomes is going to throw for 30 more yards than uh, Tom Brady is. So. He could throw for 130 more I yards. I think he could throw for least, 230 yeah. more yards. You know, it's, uh, it, it doesn't, you know. Are those numbers really reflecting? Are those numbers reflecting on what they think Mahomes' capability is, or what they think Mahomes' capability versus no, probably a, defense is? There's a giant computer program no. and 17 those... nerds running stats on it. <laughs> no, those numbers have one purpose and one purpose only, and that they are designed to get the most people to, to lose bet. Money. Yeah, to sure. bet, and and they're stacked. The, the odds are stacked. The, House's favor, so it has oh, nothing to do with how much they actually think he's going to get. Yeah. It has what can we get people to bet on? I, I, I think we're, Tampa we're Bay's probably going to win. I think no. Tampa Bay's got to score one touchdown on either defense or special teams, and I think they have to have at least three turnovers in this game that they turn into points to win. Right. I think it's really going to come down to Tampa's defense. I think Brady and the offense will do well, enough, yeah. but I really you, think it, it's going to. They've looked pretty good.
Tampa Bay is going to have to do what the Giants did to Brady in their last Super Bowl together. That that's what they're going to have yeah. to do tomorrow. Yeah, that's that's what's going to have to happen. That's what's going to have to happen. So, well, we'll see what happens. We'll we'll well, they got we'll, JPP. They do have JPP. Who's looking great? Yeah. He's looking phenomenal. You know, yeah. that was definitely yeah, their, good. Their defense is good move on the Giants to get rid of him. Yeah, yeah he was he was done. Well, yeah. listen. He needed a <laughs> You need a change of uh, scenery. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, there's so many jokes there, but I'm not going to go there. Do you know he has two interceptions this year? He does. Yeah. yeah. How? That's one per. That's two per hand. <laughs> yes. Well, that's as high as he can count on one hand. Jesus. Somebody had to go there. <laughs> was going to be? Me? Might as well be me. It might as yeah. well be you. Yeah. Uh, you know the Giants didn't have to give an arm and a leg for him. So. <laughs> All right, so there we and go. And they ensue. Yeah. All right. I mean, if you're gonna linger on the subject, you know where right. we're going. Yeah. Changing the subject. Um. So, uh, who's? What's the? Uh, not to not to get too far away from football. The uh, half halftime show. Uh, who's playing? I have no uh, idea. Ozzy? Is he going to do that? Is he going to do side one of Blizzard of Oz in its, in its entirety? <laughs> Uh, no, it's actually yeah, they're gonna no, they're gonna preview the new Ozzy and Jack uh, on the road. I think if Ozzy so, did a, I think show I, an episode of Ozzy an episode and Jack of, on the road pretty, I think if live Oz, on a big screen in the center of the field, that's the half. I think Miley Cyrus <laughs> should do Crazy Train. <laughs> uh, that would be interesting uh, while swinging on a ball. Whatever she yeah. wants to do, she can do whatever she wants. Or sitting on a train, one or the other. So, uh, no, the, the weekend is uh, playing the, the weekend. Oh, or the yeah, weekend. That's right. The weekend. 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 I, I, what do you pronounce it? Weekend or weekend? There's it's no weekend, e I believe. It's W E E K N D. Weekend. Yeah, that's called the weekend. Yeah. Weekend. No, it's you, like, e -N -D. Like, weekend. It's not a new. It's not a new goth band from Asbury Heights. The weekend. I call it the weekend. Oh, it's like uh, what is that from uh, the Odd Couple? Sheldon. <laughs> Sheldon. 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 There's no yeah. O in it on his birth certificate. No, yeah, Sheldon. <laughs> Sheldon. Sheldon. Yeah, it's the uh, weekend. Oh, I won't be watching halftime. Shelton sure. Turner. Shelton no, has... halftime will be snack time. And who played Sheldon? Uh, it was Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner. Tom Brady. Her, her, that her, I know. Her that actual, I know. Her actual husband played her. Uh, her, yeah, that's right. her, her you know, I was reading an article, and they said the way to get younger listeners to your podcast is to definitely go, stuff from to the go deep into the Rob Reiner. <laughs> Uh, why he's, not? He's why very not? contemporary, you know. He directed the Princess Bride. Yeah, very contemporary. Yeah. <laughs> Spinal Tap. <clears throat> These go to eleven. These go to eleven. Mm -hmm. But why? But why is that better? It's just better. It goes to eleven. <laughs> why not just make them go to ten? <laughs> I think it's this way. No, it's this way. No, I think it's this way. <laughs> yes. Anyway, all right. So uh, back to football. Um, uh, yeah. So six forty Sunday night, Chiefs versus Bucks. Should we do? Uh, should we? Should we do a little uh, beaten by the coin in our picks? Yeah, let's do our final. We should beaten do, by the coin football edition. Final beaten by the coin football edition. Uh, we should do it right now. Beaten by the coin. Beaten by the coin. I'm sure I'll lose to the coin. No one wants to be beaten by the coin. And in gonna, fact, no I, one gonna, was beaten by the coin. I'm going to miss this song. <laughs> we'll put it in something else. Sorry. Well, we're going to have to find some other uh, 
some other arbitrary selection process for any of our other picks. There you go. Like beaten by the magic eight ball. And we could bring <laughs> the music back for that or we something. We could do that. Right? We could do that. <laughs> All right. So uh, final football segment for beaten by the coin until next season, of course. And uh, as we all knew was going to happen, uh, it was a banner week last week or two weeks ago with the conference championships with uh, you two going one and one, me and the coin going over two. Thanks, Buffalo. And uh, we all lost with Green Bay, of course. So uh, Jersey Johnny ends up and I'm not even going to count because I mean, it's all over as far as the oh, yeah. except for the shouting. Uh, Jersey Johnny's 40 games over 500, 64 and 24. And uh, Harry gets uh, second place by two games of 57 and 31. Yours truly, 55 and 33. And the coin, six games under at 41 and 41. I mean, those are all pretty good yeah, records. Damn good. Yeah, yeah. they're not bad. Not Even bad. the coin's not that bad. Even for yeah. an no, for an arbitrary. Even you know, the coin's split. better than Terry Bradshaw. This is true. There you go. <laughs> this is true. There you go. Well, those guys pick against the spread, right? Of course, we were picking the, the Giants and Jets most of the year. No, so. no, yeah, we we did have an unfair advantage in that respect. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, uh, yeah. So I guess we'll. Uh, well, I wonder who you guys are choosing for the Super Bowl. <laughs> Uh, I, I, again, I'm, choo- I'm, choo- I'm, I'm choosing against the team I want to win. And that is? I think the Chiefs are going to win. I, I think I, if the Bucks win this game, and I realize the spread doesn't say this, I, I think it's got to go up there at the top four or five upsets in, in the history of the Super Bowl. But we'll see. Obviously, Vegas knows something that, that maybe we don't. But three and a half just seems awfully low. Three and a half is awfully low for a team that we all expect to. You, know, you, you never know what's going to happen with the Bucks defense. You I mean, I, I, I just, it, it would be so delicious if Tom Brady wins a Super Bowl in his first year with freaking Tampa Bay. <laughs> well, here's... I mean, it's like he dragging Bruce Arians to the cross the finish line. Here's, just... good, here's good news for you guys, pick-wise. I'm actually going to pick Tampa Bay. <laughs> Good, thank you. <laughs> Which means that Kansas City's going to win. There no, I go. want you to pick Kansas City. So, um, but I, I think Tampa Bay actually is going to do this. Uh, you, you just, I hope you're right. I, I think it's just one of those you, you, you can look at all the numbers and do all the math and all that stuff, and everything yeah. points to Kansas City coming out on top, whether it's by a lot or a little. But, but sometimes. The unthinkable happens, and if there are any football gods, I think sometimes they like to see great things. True. And I, I, you know what? I, I go back to this years ago, and I don't want to, it's a, maybe a sore subject for you, Harry, but it's not intended because of that. When the Red Sox came back in the ALCS from from Three down 0-3, down. Yeah. and it had never been done, right? Bullshit, right? It had never been done before and all that. Yeah. And I, I remember I was actually – uh, for a while uh, that year in the fall, I had um, well, the previous fall, I guess, I had worked uh, up in Westchester, a radio station, and uh, Bill Mazur was in, on the afternoon after he left DVD, went up to VOX in Westchester. and Bill Mazur. Bill Mazur. He did uh, afternoons, and a uh, friend of mine worked there, and I'd sort of been a fill-in at the station, so the his Bill's son Arnie made me the studio producer, and after I left there to go out to Riverhead, he called me up when they were desperate for a guest and would have me on, and we would talk sports. And 
it was I think it was I think it was three to two at that point. And I said the baseball gods like to see amazing things. And if you're whether you're a Yankee fan or you or not, I think Boston's gonna come back and do this because it's the it's the, the one of the right something that's never been done. And what makes it even bigger is it was Boston coming back against the Yankees, right? The redheaded stepchildren coming back against the greatest franchise in the history of pro sports, their arch nemesis. Like it, if it's going to happen, it has to happen that way. It has right. to be big. And I think that you got the same thing going on now. I think Tampa Bay is going to come back and win this game. And it's going to be big because the we'll football call, gods we'll have, to, we'll have to call Tom Brady, big puppy. The football gods want to see it. And, and we should hey, be big puppy. You know, puppy. as much as it'll pain me when it happens uh, <laughs> to see him win another one, I think it's going to be big, and, and we, we're going to be fortunate enough to witness something that's phenomenal. I have a question: How many fans are going to be allowed into Tampa Stadium? Uh, they said it. Uh, was it because I mean, what a shame! 20,000 20, maybe. Yeah, I think twenty. And they, they, uh, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a But a lot of people are saying there's going to be way more than that. Yeah, it's going to be I a super that are going to somehow money. get in there. I think, yeah. I'm not sure it's that many, but I do know that they're that they have a lot of first responders and a lot of healthcare workers and stuff like that. They gave. So let's get them all too. sick, so there's nobody to take care of all the other idiots out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the sad part about all of this is that for once there's a team, an actual home team playing in their home stadium. Sure. Well, and, according uh, according to the sporting news, um, roughly 22,000 and the NFL. That, sta- that stadium holds probably 60. The NFL has invited 7,500 vaccinated healthcare workers to go to the Super Bowl for free. And on top of that, 14,500 additional fans who purchase tickets to attend. So about 22,000 people altogether, according to the Sporting News. It's a pretty big stadium. It might be 25%. Um, it could be 80, you know, 88,000. No, that maybe that's a little too big, maybe. Maybe it's a third. It's gonna be I would say it's probably about a third. So, well, 30, 30%, 35%. Yeah, like that, but, well. yeah so 14,500 fans and then 7,500 healthcare workers. Yeah, good, for, good for them. That's... Yeah, that's good, and they're getting in for free. Good. Yeah, they should be getting a lot of other things for free as well. So. But yeah, um, yeah, it, it, it'll be it'll be interesting. I, I, I hear the uh, the the commercial ads are going to be a little different this year. Yeah, there's, not, there's not so much money being spent on commercials. No, there's not. Um, Budweiser's not doing any commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just going to be one long retirement Coke speech. Coke and Pepsi, I Bezos. believe, aren't doing any yet. I saw. I've seen a couple of them. I've seen a couple of commercials. I actually saw one. Sam Adams actually uh, has a funny one, um, but it's uh, it's. Well, I, I should have said it. There's Clydesdales are going to be in a commercial, but it's not going to be from Budweiser. Right. So, it's not going to be a hard seltzer commercial. No, it's uh, <laughs> Sam Adams uh, involved. You'll 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 see it. Oh, all right. You can actually Google it. It's on it's online. You can actually see it now. But your cousin yeah. from Boston. I, I, I don't know. The commercials really been hit or miss the last couple of years. I they feel like been, they haven't been what they used to be. In the yeah, past. there's been a few. It could be a lot of nostalgia, I guess. But I don't know. I've been less drunk 
<laughs> as the years progress. You know, that Super might Bowl. be true. Myself so, that might be a reason they haven't been as good as they used to be. Yeah, maybe they're just as good. Only, maybe try, or, try, or maybe try, just, as try, bad, just as mediocre. Try again years days, see if you like them. Yeah, and years past. Oh, such a great match. Great. I got to remember that. For, what was that for? <laughs> I never watch him. I think the last commercial I remember is GoDaddy. Yeah. Um, just, I just want to put this out there for anybody listening to the audio podcast that cannot see what I'm wearing. I'm rooting for Kansas City in the Super Bowl, so I'd be, uh, yeah, I'm picking I'm, and picking. He's wearing <laughs> a, uh, he's wearing a leather vest. I'm wearing a leather Kansas City vest that says with, Red Dawson on the back with uh, with Andy Reid's uh, pasties. And, kind of reminds me of the leather, the and uh, I Billy Idol a, gear from Dance That's Day, right. So. A leather and, helmet. I have a Tony Gonzalez mask on. A leather, yeah. a leather uh, helmet, and he's wearing Len Dawson's underwear. And he looks like he looks like Bane, folks. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much. So, um, so there we go. Point. Two for Kansas City and one for Tampa Bay. Let's hope you're right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, What's the coin picking? Oh, that's right. Let's flip the old coin. So uh, the old coin heads will be Tampa. Huh? One, uh, yeah, the home team heads will be Tampa, <laughs> and it is heads. Heads. Wow. Coins going with Tampa Bay. Now, Me and the now, coin. I got a question though: Is Tampa the home team? I know it's yes. their home stadium, but are they the home team? What does that matter? <laughs> oh, I don't know. How do they decide that? I, I'm I'm not really sure. I remember. I think it's whoever uh, whoever got the highest points in skee ball during Pro Bowl weekend. <laughs> did, was there? Did anybody watch anything having to do with Pro Bowl? No celebration. I couldn't. I couldn't even tell. The last Pro. The last time I watched the Pro Bowl, Ralph Bernerski was kicking. <laughs> there you go. Oh, he's got to bring Ralph Bernerski up again. Oh, he, won, he. I think he won that game for them. He did. He did. He. Yeah. Who knows if he was ever even in a Pro Bowl? But uh, yeah, I think Dan. Mar- you know, Dan Marie. They still had the punt, kick, and pass competition. You know, didn't uh, <laughs> didn't Andy Reid win it that year? The Pro Bowl. Yeah, he the won the Pro Bowl. No, 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 the punt, pass, and kick competition. Right. He won the dunk. <laughs> Yes, the the Bucks are the home team. Yes, Bucks are the home team. Well, that Bucks makes sense. The there you go. It's their stadium, so. Well, there you go. Well, like like I said, uh, it just happens to be their home stadium. But I think in other Super Bowls, there's not a home team. There's no, no there's, home a, team. there's always a home team. Why? Yeah. It's not baseball. To, you flip for the kickoff. <laughs> why? Why does it matter? I don't know football? why it matters, or if it matters, or should it matter? Or I don't. The rest, I, but there's I, always a home team and always I a away team. I don't believe you. I think it's just to just so you know which uniforms to wear. That's probably. Oh, by the, the speaking the of uniforms, reason. I'm glad you brought that up. I mentioned uniforms rather. Did you guys read that there were a lot of people who wanted Tampa Bay? They wanted to see the creamsicle uniforms. Oh, yes. I would love to see the old school. Yes. Tampa but they are not allowed to wear them. Why? Well, that's not, that's not true. They could wear them, but they're not allowed to wear a different helmet. They'd have to wear so the old they helmet. would have to wear the pewter helmet. Oh, they. Oh, really? They'd have to wear the yes, pewter helmet. They're not allowed to change their helmets, so they can they wear, wear whatever uniform they want. But they would have to wear the pewter helmets. And anyone knows pewter, big time clash with creamsicle. Absolutely, absolutely. So well, the, that is other, a rule that needs to be changed. Well, those old, they, I don't know why Tampa Bay would ever change those old school original Tampa Bay uniforms were the best. What yeah. I've actually absolutely seen them the talking about is the creamsicle uniforms. But a white helmet with the current 
Buccaneer flag. No one wears white after Labor Day. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, technically it's now or, or well Labor before Day, it. It's well before. <laughs> it's Labor a little Day. too far before. But yeah. yeah, that's that's what I read. They're not uh, they're not allowed to change the helmets. So, so, which is a so shame. Like... Which is really a shame. That that's something that should be brought up in the uh, in the owners. So meeting this is and... this isn't for now. This is period at all. They 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 can't do that. This so is the rule. As they always have right to wear now. the same helmet, no matter what can't, uniform can't, they're can't, wearing. Kansas City should wear the same uniform they've had for seventy five years. There you go. As Kansas, yeah. I don't think Kansas City's uniform has ever changed. I don't think it? they've ever changed it. Probably they've probably changed the the uh, you know the font for the the numbers. Maybe yeah, you're very, right. very I made briefly, the, but you know it's, it's not, not it's on the helmets. It's still not an arrowhead on the yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, still an arrowhead on the side of the helmet. Still an arrowhead on the side. Yeah, I think they probably made was, that a little spiffier. I think it's stuff, a little but... different. My, minor. Are, are they going to be forced well. to change their name? I don't. Well, no, because it. Chiefs really isn't a derogatory term, is it? I mean, it's it, no. Well, it's not. It's not exclusive to Native Americans. Sure, absolutely. I mean, it's a military it. term. People are. I mean, what, the, the Cleveland was the Cle- is the Cleveland Indians derogatory? I don't think it is, and I, that's why I was shocked well, that they were actually doing that. I mean, yeah, they're not from is. India. Well, I get it. I'm just I saying, mean, Columbus American was Indians. looking for Columbus was Columbus was looking for India. I think somebody, somebody looked at here. He thought he found India, and he saw the people, and he called them Indians. I think somebody that, will find chiefs. That Indians, American Indians, oh. nothing to nothing to do with anyone of from India. Some guy's going to find chiefs. I think it's only a matter of time. Some, will, yeah. Well, that's yeah. somebody's going to. You know, one person will, so everything will change because of one. I mean, the most look to me, the 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 sports team that is the most offensive to me is the fact that Utah is still called the Jazz. <laughs> Absolutely, that, that offends. I'm completely offended. That offends that. every jazz. New musician. Orleans, New Orleans was a perfect name for for the jazz. Was a there's name not, for New there's not a more ironic sports team's name. The than Utah. The Are you saying there is not a vibrant jazz scene in Utah? I don't believe so. Well, well, you were closer to Utah than than either yeah. radio only, or only I. until like eight thirty at night, and then they roll up yeah. the sidewalks and shut off the lights. And then there's, there's not a lot of people, you know, playing John Coltrane in Salt Lake City. There's have not... you never been to the Provo Jazz Festival? I have. <laughs> Actually, there's a great punk scene in in Logan, Utah. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, they're they're in Salt Lake's a pretty good music town. So they could be the Utah punks. And I'm not saying there isn't jazz in utah but when ranked as major cities with the biggest influence on american jazz music um salt lake comes you know pretty low yeah, right probably. they're just ahead of boise, boise. and, and uh, billings and tacoma <laughs> and uh and helena yes <laughs> i said major cities yes well i mean it's a capital i mean well uh, trenton's the capital in new Fargo? jersey so is sacramento yeah there you go. Fargo. Fargo. Fargo Jazz. <laughs> Fargo Jazz. <laughs> They're moving there next. Uh, that's uh, that's that would be oh. a, that would people be in Fargo don't even know what basketball is. <laughs> or jazz. Or jazz. <laughs> or jazz. <laughs> They've got, they've been screwed up on music. several different levels. It's that funny music, eh? Yeah. Oh, you yeah, betcha. Yeah, jazz. I heard of that where they have all the notes in it. Oh, you betcha. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's possible. Oh, <laughs> uh, that'd be great. All right. Well, why don't we uh, on that note? Why don't we? Uh, why don't we get to our top ten since we're uh, still mm. since we're still talking Super Bowl? Top ten Fargo jazz musicians. Top ten Fargo, <laughs> and we're we're blending in some Salt Lake jazz musicians. That's right. There you go. Number 10, 
John John Smith. Smith. Number eight, nine. John, John Smith. Smith. Number eight, John, John R. Smith. John R. Smith. <laughs> Number exactly. seven, James Smith. <laughs> All right, enough. There we go. Uh, no. <laughs> we're... <laughs> oh, it's it's illegal. It's illegal. We go. it's illegal to play the uh, sousaphone in Salt Lake uh, after, after uh, 8 p.m. On Labor Day. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. All right. Our top 10 list this week in honor of what's coming up on Sunday. Top 10 Super Bowls in NFL history. So, Mr. Radio Pete, why don't you kick us off with number 10? I don't, I don't remember. What, it's number, what, 36? <laughs> 36 one of them. Does. Somewhere between 1 and 45. Folks, by the way, while he gets his notes together. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> notes. That's while he prepares for the podcast. While I'm trying to figure out what the Roman numerals are. Yeah. Let's just, let, it's time to end the Roman numerals. Time to end the Roman numerals. XXXVI. Okay, Patriots and Rams, right? There you go. Yes, that would be correct. Okay. While he gets them together, folks, uh, it's only fitting that our last football top ten list, because obviously next week's will not be, um, or probably won't be. But in any event, uh, um, we actually did have another tie. It's it's number seven, though, when we get to it. So Ray Pete's going to kick us off at number ten. Go ahead. Kick us okay, off number ten. A <laughs> uh, February uh, Super Bowl in uh, 2002, New England over the St. Louis Rams. Uh, this, of course, was kind of the start of New England's ascension um, and going against the greatest show on turf, there the St. Louis Rams. Um, big time upset. Very exciting. Don't remember that much about it. <laughs> uh, I, I, don't, I didn't find a site that has a good breakdown of all of the uh, of all of the games, and I don't have I don't have a real breakdown of what happened with that one. Gotcha. So I'll I'll leave it to you guys to throw out some. Numbers well, it was it was uh, you know it it was, it was the, the end of the greatest show on turf and the, and the beginning, beginning of the beginning the of Patriots dynasty. Yeah, Patriots right. dynasty. There we go. And, and you could tell by by every everybody who's not a Patriots fan that that you know that that Patriots player has illegal gloves on. And that uh, if Kurt Warner's jersey was a tearaway, then you know the Patriots never would have won the game. <laughs> is that right? Is that on every, uh, every yeah. site, every blog? There, you yeah, go. yeah, it is every everywhere. Yeah. And and of course, how can you how can you forget uh, Adam Vinatieri's uh, last second? Uh, you know, uh, yeah, field goal to to win uh, twenty to seventeen. But I mean, it would have went to overtime if he missed it. But still, um, yeah, there you go. There you go, folks. Number 10, Super Bowl 36, New England beating the Rams. All right. I will take number nine. Number nine is Super Bowl 32. Super Bowl 32. That would be Denver beating Green Bay. Um, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> played on January 25th uh, in 1998 in Qualcomm Stadium in San Diego. Um, yeah, it was uh, pretty much a back and forth game. Uh, you know, Green Bay was in it. Uh, they won the Super Bowl uh, last uh, the last season before, um, and uh, uh, you know, up until uh, just after uh, the two minute warning in the fourth quarter, uh, Terrell Davis ran for uh, a touchdown to put um, to put the Broncos ahead. Um, it was it was tied. Um, yeah, and uh, Terrell Davis went on to win 
the MVP uh, award. And uh, yeah, that was uh, Terrell Davis. But it, but that that Super Bowl is also going to be you know pretty much remembered and is pretty much remembered. That picture right there. There you go, John Elway. It's the Super Bowl that Mr. Elway got the monkey off his back. I mean, that was his that was his fifth Super Bowl appearance in the or no fourth right one two three four. This is his fourth Super Bowl appearance, uh, and the first one he won. So uh, there you go, number nine Super forever, Bowl. Forever, forever grateful to Terrell Davis, John right. Elway. There you go, number nine Super Bowl thirty two. Harry, bring us to number eight. Please. Number eight was the St. Louis Rams and the Tennessee Titans with the Rams beating the Titans 23-16. to Dick Vermeil leading the Kurt Warner-led St. Louis Rams in the greatest show on turf, probably most remembered for coming up one yard short of Tennessee right. winning this game. Right, uh, that picture right there. Yeah, yeah it, you know – Tennessee, I just remember this t- Titans team with you know Steve McNair and Eddie George. Their defense was really kept the Rams at bay. This was a team that was scoring a ton of points all year long, sure. and and they did put up big numbers. They just kept them out of the, the the end zone quite a bit, but it was enough for for the Rams to win. I think at the time, Kurt Warner had the most uh, yards, something like four hundred forty five yards passing and mm-hmm. uh, fourteen yards passing and 45 pass attempts uh, since beaten 45 pass attempts without a, without an interception. And uh, yeah, a great team. I mean, the, the Ram, this Rams team was, was filled with just Isaac Bruce, Marshall Falk, uh, obviously Kurt Warner, Orlando Pace, a lot of uh, future hall of famers. And uh, it, it was, it literally came down to coming up one yard short and, uh, it was a good Super Bowl, that's for yeah, sure. That was definitely good. And here, this other picture, I'm going to throw it up really quick. Um, this is this is obviously post-win. Um, why is Dick Vermeil about to make out with Kurt Warner in this? Well, oh, if you know, I mean, Dick Vermeil waited a long time to get to the Super Bowl, <laughs> so he, he wanted to plant one. <laughs> not only was he happy to be out of Philadelphia, but he was, you know. <laughs> That's uh, that is. True. I don't think the Rams had cheerleaders that year, so I think Kurt Warner might have been the prettiest gal on the on the sideline. Uh, yeah, no, he uh, he definitely was. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, no, the Super Bowl. That yeah, that picture. I'll throw the first one back up. That was uh, what uh, was that? Derek Mason. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, uh, like a half a yard. Uh, you know, he he tackles him. He gets his arms around those legs, wraps him up. A second later. Tennessee wins the game because they were only down, they were only you know they they were down, well they at least tie the game they don't necessarily win it but um yeah uh, it could have been a different outcome but yeah that was a uh, greatest show on turf greatest yeah. show on turf um yeah so um well Pete is next uh, <laughs> come in there okay I'm back hang on there you go there we go uh, sorry no worries yeah you, uh... you had to go have make a uh, Prosciutto and mozzarella sandwich. A little mozzarella situation. No, I get the. There oh, you well. go. I'll leave a little bit of the shelf in the camera show. Yeah, why not? Shelf. What's a little shelf between friends? Yeah. All go. right. Next All up right, so, is. Uh, yeah, bring us to bring us to seven B, please. Seven B. B. Or uh, Super Bowl forty three. X L I I I. That's correct. And that was uh the Steelers. Huh, one of the Steelers' <laughs> fifteen Super Bowl wins. Uh, against those upstart Arizona Cardinals. And another, uh, another Warner Super Bowl. Yeah. And uh, this was a very exciting game. 
Uh, Arizona was down 20 to seven in the fourth quarter and actually came back to lead uh, 23 to 20 with just a little more than two minutes left. And the Steelers went down the field and an absolute great, I think one of the all time great Super Bowl plays or at least catches by Santonio Holmes. Oh, yeah, Santonio Holmes catch. That was great. Toes right as close to the side of the, uh, the, the uh, end zone and uh, sideline as you could possibly get for the touchdown that uh, gave Pittsburgh their 44th Super Bowl 45th, win. 45th. 45th. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. 45th. Um, and oddly enough, it was Super Bowl 43, and it was their 45th Super Bowl 45th, win. yeah. It's yeah, odd yeah. that way that worked out. But. Plus two for right. uh, the Steelers in that uh, regard. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was. Um, it, this was a very, very exciting game, at least a very exciting fourth quarter, sure. because it looked, you know, early on it looked like Pittsburgh was dominating. And uh, and like I said, Arizona came back to take the lead, but uh, they couldn't hang on. And uh, Steelers. And then, uh, yeah. Well, that's funny because in the – San Antonio Holmes, right, caught the winning pass. San Antonio Holmes caught it, yeah. But uh, that's oddly enough, I should say, uh, our first four Super Bowls on this list, number 10, 9, 8, and 7B. Kurt Warner played in three of them. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, He was a pretty underrated uh, quarterback, I think. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, so there you go. 7B, Super Bowl 43. I will take Super Bowl. I will take 7A, that is. That 7, 7M. 7M. We have that. It's not one of those lists tonight. Uh, 7A is, uh, is Super Bowl 52, uh, just, a, just, a, just a few years ago. Mm. Uh, and that would, be, uh, that would be them Eagles beating – the page, Tom Brady's Patriots. Is there anything worse than watching the Eagles win a Super Bowl? <laughs> to 33. I loved um, it. Yeah, of course you did. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure, sure you did. Absolutely. Uh, 41 to 33. Uh, it was played on. Uh, uh, it was played in uh, Minnesota on February 4th. Um, so tomorrow is the uh, is the uh, third anniversary of that. Uh, for any of you Eagles fans out there, um, you can celebrate your third anniversary of your your Super Bowl win. Nick Foles uh, MVP. Um, and, and I've said this before, too, uh, and, and I say this about one of the Giants Super Bowls as well. Um, Carson Wentz, you know, tore his ACL, and Nick Foles came, comes in and takes him to the Super Bowl and wins it. Um, Carson Wentz plays, uh, doesn't tear his ACL. The Eagles don't go to Super Bowl. Yeah, there's a little bit of bowl, Foles magic. Yeah, uh, that, definitely was, uh, that definitely was a big part of it. And, um, you know, and of course, who can forget the Philly special? Uh, you know that uh, that one play that right. they, uh, they yep. designed and did, and uh, it's been talked about uh, you know since then. But uh, this was also the uh, Super Bowl where um, uh, Belichick uh, benched uh, Malcolm Malcolm uh, uh, Jamal Warner Malcolm Jamal Warner Butler Malcolm Butler <laughs> Malcolm Butler. Yeah, no, it's like <laughs> it should have been named Malcolm <laughs> Jamal Warner. <laughs> <laughs> so Malcolm, to Malcolm, Malcolm Jamal Warner uh, ran a kickoff back for 35 yards, giving the uh, Eagles a. Uh, he was, I think, the fresh prince of, of Bel Air played in this game. Didn't I he? think he did. I believe he did. Yeah. So, but it was odd. I mean, because you know, you think about it. I mean, Malcolm Butler was just, you know, he he was one of those guys, one of those playmakers that had he played in the Super Bowl. You know, uh, it's highly likely that Belichick doesn't fuck around, man. He doesn't. He would rather lose the Super Bowl. On than, principle, on principle, than than put up with any any shenanigans from anybody on his. On his uh, none of those shenanigans. Oh, shenanigans! So, 
Well, there you go. That would be Super Bowl 52. Uh, that's our seven, number 7A seven on our list. Harry, bring us to number six, please. Number six is Super Bowl 23. Remembered for the drive and the pass and the catch. And yes, another win for those San Francisco 49ers. 49ers 20, the Cincinnati Bagels 16. Uh, this is the second time these two teams played in the Super Bowl. And obviously, the with the 49ers trailing 16 to 13, they went down the field. And of course, the famous pass to John Taylor. Joe Montana, which is 34 seconds left in the game. Uh, good. It was a tight game. You know, this was, again, a, a 49ers team that was known to be uh, for high-scoring games. And I, I actually think it was the 49ers' defense uh, that was really the big difference maker, especially with Charles Haley and Ronnie Lott and some of the other people on this team. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's certainly one of those memorable uh Super Bowls, at least for me, and uh, certainly deserving to be on this list. Yeah, yeah it's definitely, uh, you know, uh, I the Bengals were winning this game. I mean, it just was, it, it just looked that way through most of the game that the Bengals had the edge, uh, you know, and they, uh, but yeah, that, that, that touchdown pass uh, to Taylor it was 34 seconds left. <laughs> what was, what was the si Boomer Sison going to do in 34 seconds, you know? I mean, yeah. now, now teams can score like three times in 34 seconds. Yeah. But, uh, but back then, you know, it was unheard of. Right. So, but uh, not something that was done with any regularity. That's for sure. Chris, yeah. Chris Collinsworth wasn't around anymore. This is, this is the icky shuffle years, right? No, yeah. Chris Collinsworth was still there. He was there. He was there for both Super he was, Bowls. He was in both Super Bowls. With Kenny Anderson. Kenny and, Anderson and, and Boomer, yeah. And the icky shuffle, yeah. Boomer I mean, Anderson. one of the interesting things about this year, which going back and, and reading about, is that there was a bit of a quarterback. I mean, Steve Young started three games. For the course of this season, I mean, imagine having Steve Young, Young and Joe, and Joe Montana. Montana. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was this I mean, the no Mont the John Candy game? John Candy. I don't think he played. No, the game. <laughs> I don't know if it was. I thought. I thought it was a Super Bowl. Maybe it was. A, maybe it was a championship game where. Uh, the I thought it was this game, maybe where uh, the Forty ers are driving and and. Uh, Montana comes into the huddle and it's a very tense moment. And he points over in the stands. He goes, Hey, look, John Candy's here at the game. Oh yeah. 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 You know what? I think that was this game. I think I it do. was this I think game. This was this game. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you got right. that. You got that guy. And then you got Steve yeah. Young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, Chris Collinsworth uh, was, uh, was played with Kenny Anderson and with Boomer Sasson. So, yeah. uh, and Nikki Woods was obviously in this. As well, but yeah, there you go, number six. Yeah, where's Nicky Woods these days? Uh, he's shuffling around uh, deli section in a shop right. I think the last time I saw him, I was on a commercial actually. <laughs> I'm not getting. He was actually in it, like a, do, doing a shuffle in a. He's uh he's oh, hosting. Yeah, yeah, he, he's hosting Good Morning Cincinnati. With, Good Morning uh, Cincinnati. With, with Billy, uh, Billy Strahan and with what's her name from Marianne uh, Ripa UKRP <laughs> Marianne Ripa. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's hosting Good Morning uh, Cincinnati with the remaining live members of WKRP in Cincinnati. Yeah, Howard Hessman, uh, Johnny Fever was uh, yeah. was definitely working there, and uh, Venus Flytrap too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, too many, uh, <laughs> too, too many, many, too many references. Too many references. There you go. For those of you that aren't <laughs> 50. fifty or older, 
You can look up WKRP. Or just willing to go back into really good television. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, one, one of the one of the best <laughs> moments a... in a comedy was uh, Les Nessman reporting live while they were dropping the turkeys from the yeah. helicopter. Look up, look up WKRP turkey drop. That's uh, such a funny scene. All right, folks. That's it. Number six, Super Bowl 23. Uh, I will take – or no, you will take. Uh, P will take. Uh, number five, please. Number five, uh, also known as Super Bowl Forty Nine. Speaking of Malcolm Butler, <laughs> <laughs> his name comes up again. Surprisingly, imagine that. Unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, this was. Um, there he is, right there. Yeah, uh, I uh, believe intercepting I, the pass that should have been a handoff. <laughs> I think I had this ranked as uh, number one. This is, of course, the Patriots and the Seahawks, and um, twenty-eight to twenty-four was the final score. Um, what can you say? Uh, you got beast mode. <laughs> You've got to get a yard or two or a yard and a half to get in the end zone. He, he literally had a yard and a half. And one and a half yards. Pete <laughs> Carroll, Pete Carroll outsmarts himself and throws a pass and it gets picked off. And the Patriots win. Yay. 14 14 at halftime. And the Seahawks were up by 10. Yeah. Which, yeah, they were. you know, made this, uh, really, uh, it was 20. Five seconds left in the game, and yeah, look, it was, a, it was a terrible call, and it was uh, it was kind of like Green Bay with Brett Favre. They had, you know, they, yep. Seahawks had a chance to become a dynasty, and they turned into the water chickens. Yep, they look. That was that was that was kind of the Russell Wilson's window, and he went one for two, and uh, you know hasn't been back since. So, yeah. well, there you go. It's just one of those baffling decisions. That you think these guys know football better than me, but boy, that I mean, like ultimately, we always say if it doesn't work out, then it was the wrong decision. If it does, no matter what we think of it, if it works out, then it was the right decision, right? Right. Exactly. Well, this was not the right decision. Not so, the right decision. No. Kind of a yeah, black eye and pretty uh, pretty good job of coaching by Pete Carroll overall in Seattle. I think you could say, but pretty good. Boy, this one is the one that's going to stick with him. And uh, so Pete, Pete, uh, PJ Wendell uh, said, "What's up, fellas? Uh, what's up, PJ? Hi, PJ. Uh, uh, what you call it? Yeah, no, that that was that was crazy. Uh, and you know, do, do you remember those uh, commercials back then? Uh, right around that time, uh, Rob Lowe was doing uh, commercials for uh, AT and T or uh, or something like that, or Direct TV. He was doing the Direct TV commercials, and he said, "Hi, I'm Rob Lowe, and uh, I I choose Direct TV, and then it's like, and the other one was." I'm I'm incredibly stupid, Rob Lowe, and I don't choose Directv. Right? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, those are the commercials back then. Right? Oh yeah, I, I and, vaguely uh, remember that. that and there was uh, a meme that popped up right after. It was is Rob Lowe with Pete Carroll's hair, and it says, "Hi, I'm Rob Lowe. Uh, I'm Rob Lowe, and I choose Directv." And underneath it says, "Hi, I'm incredibly stupid, Rob Lowe. And when I only need a yard and a half, I don't hand off to my running back. I throw the pass. I throw an interception." Yeah, so it was. Uh, Especially when that running back is more It's funnier to look at a meme than to explain it, but you know what I mean. Now, nowadays, it's it's a you know the, the odds of somebody throwing the ball are greater than them running it. So. This is true. This is true. I, that started it all, I guess. You know, it, it's just hey, you know, even what? if you're Brett Favre, throw the ball. Even if you're yeah. Brett Favre, even if right. you're Brett Favre, chances of throwing it are greater than running. Brett Favre, 
Well, there you go. Number Not five. Bradford, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. You get them. Well, you get them confused like you get Sam Bradford and Sam Darnold. Well, I think they played for the same team for a while. <laughs> Sam Bradford and Sam Darnold? Sam Bradford and Sam Darnold. No, uh, Brett Favre and Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I think they Aaron, Aaron Favre, Aaron Favre, Favre Brett Rodgers. Brett Rodgers. Brett Bradford Rodgers. Was it Brett Rodgers in a Western back in the day? Probably the second best <laughs> quarterback tandem besides behind Montana and Steve Young. Farvin, um, Farvin, and Rogers, Phil Sims, and Jeff Hostetler. You're leaving True. them out. Well, you're figuring well, out. Well, and and we haven't seen uh, Rogers Love yet. No, we haven't seen Mark him. Sanchez. I don't and, know uh, if I want to see Rogers Love. But, uh, I don't know what that means, but I'm not ask. <laughs> I think isn't that the backup quarterback? Yes. Oh, okay. Love, yes. I thought you were gonna. Thought you were Come gonna, on, gonna, I, you guys <laughs> can't do that to me when I get a name correct. I thought you were like thought, who. I thought it was, you know, some sort of it was, know, special tape you had that you were going mute, to mute yourself Behind and leave for a few seconds. <laughs> there was oddly enough, there was uh, there was a uh, there's a video out there. I, I got to find it. I'll send it to you. Uh, you, you can search for it. Obviously, uh, it's um, it's preseason. I guess it maybe you know somewhere in there. Maybe I guess back warm. in August. Uh, it was some guy videotaped on his phone. Aaron Rodgers sitting in the back of oh, the pickup I saw truck. That. Holding a case of Bud Light. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like around the corner from, you could see Lambeau Field in the background. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. I was uh, uh, one of his hysterical. offensive linemen or somebody's truck. And Something like that. Yeah, they were yeah, going yeah. home after practice and he had a case of, of beer. Case of Bud Light, yeah. <laughs> that was Bud Light, yeah. That, that was the disappointing thing was it was Bud Light. Bud Light, yeah. I mean, there's so much, <laughs> you know, Green Bay, I could tell you like six breweries that brew great beer right near <laughs> Lambeau to go yeah. to. And he had Bud Light. So, well, to each his own. If he wants to drink Bud Light, drink Bud Light. There you go. Anyway, let's move on from Super Bowl number, uh, what was it, 49? Number four? Are we up to number four? 49. We're up to number four. I'm going to do number four. I will take it. Number four. Number four would be Super Bowl 13. Super Bowl 13. I remember this one, even though uh, I wasn't born yet. You weren't born. Yes, you weren't. You were you were born like about 10, 12 years after this, weren't you? Mm, after, yeah. After, yes. Super Bowl thirteen. that would be Pittsburgh, besting Dallas 35-31. to 31. Folks, this Super Bowl was played on January 21st, 1979 in the Orange Bowl in Miami, Florida. Um, Terry Bradshaw won the MVP. Um, that was his first of uh, two uh, MVPs, back-to-back. Obviously, the following year he won it as well. Um, yes, yeah, was a, this was a, this was a pretty hard nose, uh, hard nose, uh, Super Bowl. Uh, you know, uh, Pittsburgh pulled out the victory, but you know, Steelers, they took, they took a, uh, 27, 21, 17 lead into the fourth quarter and then scored 14 unanswered points. And, uh, Dallas came back, they scored a touchdown, recovered an onside kick and then scored another touchdown and, uh, would just, uh, come back within four with just 22 seconds remaining. But, uh, they, Attempted a second onside kick and, and obviously did not get that. But uh, hey, you know I kudos to them for uh, for uh, doing what they did to come back. But yeah, this was a this was a pretty tough Super Bowl and, and uh, Pittsburgh's third Super Bowl win in five years. Five third, yeah, third win in five uh, five wins uh, five years. Yeah, both both um, these teams were looking to win their third. Yeah, Super great, Bowl, great great Super Bowl. Bowl. I mean, yeah, and, you, and you go through the rosters of both teams and just. Hall of Famers everywhere. There's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of first in this game too. It was the first, it was the very first Super Bowl rematch, mm-hmm. ever, um, and it was the first time a defending champion 
lost the title game because Dallas had beaten the Broncos the year before in the yep. Super Bowl. Yeah, they were they were the defending champions. They were defending champions, and they lost the first time a defending champion lost uh, in the Super Bowl. Um, and it was also the first time the losing participant scored thirty points or more than thirty points. Mm. That's uh, it. So, Dubious yeah. honor at best. Yeah, I think it was thirty-five seventeen with about seven minutes to go. Yeah, four and, minutes uh, ago. Yeah, four there you go. Ago. Four minutes. No. Ago, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. So an even more furious comeback than I thought. Yeah. And uh, they, they scored yeah, a touchdown. Onside kick. Scored another touchdown. Another onside kick. It was just yeah. You know. Listen, Pittsburgh has uh, you know generally had uh, Dallas's number in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, generally, all, generally speaking. Generally speaking. Generally speaking. Why, well, why, um, am I, why am I hearing music in my headphones? Uh, it's my son's practicing his trombone. Oh, okay. It's trombone. You've heard that before. Uh, yes, I have. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't just the normal trombone sounds in my, in my head. <laughs> that, that, no. emanating your, that emanating no. inside, deep inside your mind? Right. Uh, there you go. Well, there you go. Uh, number four on our list, Super Bowl thir- uh, 13. Uh, Pittsburgh 35, Dallas 31. Uh, Harry. Bring us to number three, would you? Number three is Super Bowl 25. Might be number three on our list, but it's number one in my heart. It's the New York Giants 20, the Buffalo Bills 19, the no-huddle, high-powered offense of the Buffalo Bills. We're favored by a lot in this game. The Giants actually uh, got to this game with a backup quarterback, Jeff Hostetler, backup running back, Otis Anderson, with, with some really big upset wins against the 49ers and the uh, Bears to get into to get into the Super Bowl and uh, the the Bills were 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 just running on all cylinders both teams were 13 and 3 in the in the in the regular season yep. and uh, you know this was it doesn't get any closer than this one it came down to a last second field goal attempt that is world famous now even movies have been made about it uh, poor Scott Norwood and when his kick went wide right. But this was one of those games that I think was the coming out party for Bill Belichick because his defensive scheme in this game is legendary. And what the Giants basically did is said, hey, we're going to have two down linemen on defense. You can pass the ball all you want. We're going to bend but not break. And had Marv Levy started to run the ball with Thurman Thomas a minute earlier, uh, I think this game would have been very different. I, I just think Parcells and, and Belichick totally outcoached Levy, who was you know, a great coach in his own right. I mean, the, this Giants defense stopped an offense that had Jim Kelly and James Lofton and Andre Reid and Thurman Thomas. It was it was kind of a last hurrah for, for Lawrence Taylor and, and Carl Banks. It, the, the Giants defensive stars such as Gary Reasons and Pepper Johnson – Eric Howard were really starting to make a name for themselves. And you have to just give it up for the Giants' offensive line, their defensive play, and a really gutsy performance by both Otis Anderson and Jeff Hostetler. Hostetler had a great game. I mean, and the Giants just controlled the ball. They didn't turn it over. They ran it it as much as they possibly could. And they played quite – I mean, on a team that that is – I think one of the top three or four defenses of all time, this might've been the best game they ever played collectively as a team. And it was an ugly Super Bowl. It's an ugly giants team. They were not going to win with any sort of pretty football, but this was old school knock 'em sock 'em uh, football. And I think the, you know, the, the other than Norwood's kick going wide, right. I think Otis Anderson's forearm shivers oh. 
probably legendary. But look, great win for the Giants, and um, it was kind of a curtain call for both Parcells and and uh, Belichick, Belichick, and and a lot of the, you know, Lawrence Taylor got to win his second Super Bowl, and it was really kind of the end of the, of the Giants' realm. And it was a real, it was a game that was the beginning of another three Super Bowl appearances for the for the Bills, in which they lost all of them. Yeah, yeah, and. I said it before too. There was a, there was a couple of things. Uh, Hosteller, um, <clears throat> in the beginning of the game, Bruce Smith sacked uh, Jeff Hosteller in the end zone for a safety. Right. And uh, if you look at that play closely, if you watch film and you look at that play closely, Bruce Smith was going for the ball. And yeah, it was amazing. Hosteller held Hosteller on. Hosteller grabbed it and he pulled it in. If uh, you know that saved the game right there. You know he didn't. He doesn't do that. It's not a safety. It's a touchdown, and, and that's it. Right. The game's then, and obviously, the matter whatever happens after that. But yeah, it just ball control, and then a couple of other things that I recall from that. Um, the uh, uh, for the uh, third third and longs. Um, that one particular drive in in the third quarter. That th- that first drive coming out. The Giants got the ball to start the second half. And they basically ran it down. I think it was only like four minutes uh, and something left on the clock after that drive for a touchdown. And uh, it was uh, crazy. But um, Mark Ingram uh, caught a couple of uh, passes. And that one that, you know, he, he had to go 13 yards. And he was getting hit two yards into that uh, reception. And it was that screen pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and he just broke tackle after tackle after tackle. And at the end, he had a guy hanging off his leg, and he jumped, hopped, put that guy on his leg for like two or three yards, and and got that uh, got that extra yardage. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was and that was what I was referring to before um, with the with the whole uh, Nick Foles uh, and Carson Wentz doesn't uh, yeah. uh, get hurt, and Nick Foles comes in. They Philly doesn't win that Super Bowl. I as much as I like Phil Sims as a quarterback, and I thought he was a really good quarterback for the Giants. Um, Phil Simms doesn't get hurt in earlier, ironically, in the Buffalo game in the regular season. Phil Simms doesn't get hurt, and Jeff Hostella doesn't play in that Super Bowl. The Giants don't win the Super Bowl. Yeah, Hostella was the right guy at the right time. He was, and he had a hell of a playoff run in the last games of the season too. He was just tough. His mobility was able to overcome some of the Giants' shortcomings on offense. Look, Jeff Hosteller out threw for 222 yards. He threw threw for 10 more yards than Jim Kelly. You know, he went 20 for 32 with 222 yards and a touchdown. Jim Kelly, who at the time was probably the, arguably the best quarterback in the MVP of the league that year, yeah. uh, went 18 for 30, 212 yards, no touchdowns. Neither neither quarterback threw an interception. Let me. The Giants' defense just they, they 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 did a defensive scheme that the Bills could not for the first three and a half quarters figure out what to do with. Let me let me give you uh, Thurman Thomas's stats from from the nineteen ninety season. Mm-hmm. Sixteen games, two hundred seventy one carries, twelve hundred ninety seven yards, eleven touchdowns. He had forty nine receptions for five hundred thirty two yards, and uh, two scores. So uh, eighteen hundred and twenty nine yards from scrimmage on three hundred twenty touches, averaged five point seven yards per touch. Mm-hmm. Well, but we're thing, not gonna. But we're not gonna give him the ball. Don't give I mean, him the ball. Look, one of Vernon, those, Vernon Thomas had an amazing game. He really did. But he only yeah. carried the ball fifteen times. He yeah, averaged okay. nine yards a carry. <laughs> he did right. Nine but, yards a carry in the Super Bowl. There was talk, yeah. uh, and 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 th- this this will prove uh, 
th this will prove um, interesting in, in a few minutes uh, when we get to our next segment. But there was talk uh, of, you know, from a lot of people that saying, said you could probably, you could actually almost give the MVP award to Thurman Thomas in a losing effort. Well. Um, and uh, it, that's, how, that's how well he played in that game. And he, you know, had, had like, like Harry, like you said earlier, had Marv Levy gone to him a little earlier, he would have had an even better game. I, 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 don't, I, I mean, I don't have the numbers yeah. in front of me, but I'm 15, guessing of those 15 carries, 12 of them were in carries, the fourth quarter. 15 carries, 135 yards, and five catches for 55 yards. Yeah. yeah. So averaging 11 yards per catch and nine yards per rush. You know, I, I again just uh, doesn't have a breakdown of when they came in the game, but yeah, I would I would think uh, most of them came in that uh, fourth quarter. So yeah, baffling again, a baffling decision not to use him Crazy. earlier and more often. A couple of interesting stats from that from that season too. Uh, the Giants, uh, in case you remember, were uh, not that this has anything to do with the Super Bowl, or maybe it does. Um, the Giants were actually ten and zero at one point. Uh, in in the season, and so was San Francisco, who were the defending champions, uh, and they both lost their eleventh uh, game. So they were ten and one, and facing each other uh, on a Monday night game um, in early December, and uh, they were billing it. The the papers were billing it as uh, Super Bowl Super, preview. Super Bowl, Super Bowl twenty four and a half. <laughs> they were billing it as. Well, it couldn't be a Super Bowl preview. Uh, it couldn't be a Super Bowl. It was MV. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah It, it wound up being an NFC. Championship game, championship game, yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that was uh, crazy. And and with all the all that power, uh, the the final score of that game was seven to three. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, I mean, this was the giant. The this this Giants defense, the defense in eighty six, eighty seven. They they were good. Yeah. This Giants defense, I think, was the best Giants defense the Giants have ever had. They were deep, and they and they had the old school guys. You know, of course, Carson was gone, but they had. Banks and they had Taylor and, but you talk about I mean Gary Gary Reasons had one of the best seasons I've ever seen a, a linebacker have playing in the shadows. I mean Taylor showed up for this, but there there was the and the Giants secondary look they they had, they made a big acquisition in the offseason to get Everson Walls. Yep. He had a they, the, the the defensive scheme that they had. They not only played a nickel defense, they played a a dime and a half defense. And they just said, "Look, we're gonna we're gonna flood, we're gonna have two down linemen, Pepper Johnson, and a bunch of defensive packs, and try to beat us." Yeah. And I don't know why Marv. It took Marv Lee to say, "Well, you know, if I hand it off to Thurman Thomas, he, he there's nobody to stop him." I mean, I think they I think they they went 63 yards in like 35 seconds yeah. in the fourth quarter when they started handing the ball off to, to, to Thurman Thomas. Sure. But it, it was it was a brilliant plan, and yeah, there was there was the Giants got luck on their side in this game. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the Hostetler safety with that, which could have been could have been instead know, of two, trouble. Two points could have been seven. Points. And the Giants certainly made some mistakes in this game. Um, their special Giants special teams wasn't fantastic, but yeah. but they 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 scored when they needed to, and came up big when they needed to, and. I just remember waiting for that kick to happen. It seemed because like I think that, I think there was a timeout and they went to commercials. There was I a believe, timeout. And they went to commercial and yeah, which <laughs> you never see anymore. Nope. And all of a sudden they come back and you're just. I remember just waiting, pacing, and waiting, and waiting, and waiting, pacing and pacing and pacing and waiting. It felt like four hours. I think it was. And you just were were just kind of wishing 
the ball would not go through the upgrades. Exactly. And I, I, what was it, a 46 yard? 47 yard. 47, field. which is not a chip shot by any no, means. No, no, no. But he didn't uh, miss an easy one. And I was actually at a friend's house in uh, Jersey for this game. Yeah. How about that? What was that? I was in a. Uh, <laughs> I think we all were. Uh, no, I was actually in Vermont skiing. Oh, well, I was watching Jesus the game. Lord. I skied earlier that day. But, what yeah. kind of fan are you? I, I watched the game. I skied during the day, and then I watched the game. <laughs> he had a he had a he had a television on a snowboard. <laughs> I watched the game. I watched the damn game. Not to belabor this uh, this Super Bowl twenty five. Well, yeah, let's that, talk a little bit more about this. That that one, one thing I just want to mention, and you talk about how 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 good that team was, uh, especially the defense and everything else. But just I'm gonna throw some names out at you, uh, coaching staff wise. Uh, on, uh, on, on for the Giants that year, Bill Parcells, obviously Bill Belichick, Romeo Crennel, Al Groh, Charlie Weiss, Tom Coughlin. I, Al Groh doesn't belong on that list. Yeah, I know. Well, he was on. A, he was the linebackers coach. Um, uh, Tom Coughlin. I could, I could have coached those linebackers. Uh, uh, <laughs> Guys, think, kill. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think Banks and uh, and uh, Taylor were coaching Al Groh <laughs> instead, yeah. but but. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, Tom Coughlin was the wide receivers coach. Ron Earhart, offense coordinator. This was just an amazing. This is the you know the top of that Parcells coaching tree. Uh, just the the names on the list. Just you know, uh, you know what? There's a uh, you know a lot of a uh, lot of good names on the list. Anyway, yeah, Al Groh so, coaching the linebacker was was kind of like uh, in the Avengers. Kind of like Al Groh coaching the Jets. When Captain America is giving out the work assignments, when the alien army is invading, he's like, you go up on the roof and take down those airships. You get over there and keep them from attacking our flank. And Hulk, giant linebackers, smash. <laughs> That's all you had to say to him. That's all you had to say. Right. And we know how you feel about El Grow. I know. So. Yeah. I'll tell you what, watch the film Buffalo 66, too. It's a pretty good indie film that has something to do with this game in this strange way. I actually think, you know, I actually think this was the best Giants offensive line in, in the history of the oh, yeah. team. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah. They, they had good offensive lines in, yeah, the 86, in 07. The 86 team was good too. Yeah, 86, you know, obviously. But Jumbo Elliott, William Roberts, Bart Oates, Eric Moore, and Doug Reisenberg. This was a hell of an offensive line. A hell of an offensive line. Crazy. They, they, were, they were a brick wall. They were a brick wall. Brick wall. All right, number three, uh, half an hour later, uh, Super Bowl 25. Well, again, you know, we, we, we have to, you know, think well, we, back we, fondly. we have to, well, with these top three, we have to talk a little bit more in depth about yeah. them. So, um, Super Bowl 25, Giants 20, Buffalo 19. Um, Radio Pete, bring us to number two. Number two, also known as number three, <laughs> <laughs> as in Super Bowl three. And that was, of course, the Jets beating the heavily favored Colts. Talk, talk about a spread. How much was they a Colts favored by? Do you guys remember? Uh, four. 16. 18. 18. 18. That was crazy. Hmm. Uh, yeah, this was, uh, look, the, the AFL and the NFL had officially merged a couple of years before, but um, the AFL was really not respected. They uh, had gotten destroyed in the first couple of Super Bowls. Rightfully and then, so. Uh, rightfully so, yeah. And then... Um, Joe Namath and the Jets came along, and uh, Baltimore. Look, they were thirteen and one, and uh, they they had Johnny U, although he was not the Johnny U of years of old. But still, they were just they were the team to beat, and so therefore the uh, the eighteen point uh, favorites. And uh, Namath made his guarantee, and the Jets came out, 
and held the Colts scoreless till the fourth quarter and ended up with a 16-7 win, which uh, kind of gave the AFL uh, some legitimacy, actually, uh, as far as uh, uh, being no longer the redheaded stepchildren to their previously, uh, you know, NFL big brothers. Sure. And it was kind of a, you know, kind of a turning point in the history of the league. It was a yeah, and of course, the, the Jets' greatest moment and kind of, you could say, their only moment. Yeah. <laughs> Until they get to Sean Watson. There you go. Well, yeah. hey, it was, all about the, it was all about the guarantee, right? Yeah. It, it was, was all the showmanship. I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's the, it was, it was also one of the first sort of celebrity sports figures with TV sort of becoming much more of a dominant force in our lives. And he was just in New York at the time, you know, obviously New York had much more media around it, much more coverage in the newspapers. He was, he was Broadway Joe Mm -hmm. and he, he made a declaration that people didn't think he could live up to, and he did. Yeah, and he didn't have a great game. He was uh, no. he wasn't a great quarterback. No, his, I mean, his, if you look at his numbers, they're not seventeen for twenty-eight for yeah. two hundred and six yards. It was the, it was the he, running. It was the running back Tucker Fredrickson and uh, uh, what's his name who did the, the bulk of the damage. But yeah. he, he he didn't throw a touchdown pass no. and didn't throw a pass in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So you know. Um, but he was Broadway Joe, and he made the guarantee, yeah. and it stood. And so he's. Uh, he's it wasn't. It, it wasn't an exciting game, from what I, you know, from, I mean, because I've watched documentaries on it and things like that. It it was just the fact that the Jets pulled it off, and yeah. again, defense defense won the day, and they 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 kept the ball out of United's hands. That's what they did. They kept the ball out of the Colts' hands. And uh, it goes down as one of the probably one of the greatest, maybe, maybe, maybe top, maybe the greatest football moment in New York sports history. Sure. And and certainly one of the top three or four moments in, in New York sports history, I think. Yeah, you yeah. think about it. I mean, that you, you talk about that being a great moment in New York, New York sports. Uh, you know, so January of that year, um, this happens, you know, the Jets. Uh, the Jets win the uh, the Super Bowl. The heavily uh, underdog, he- heavy underdog Jets. And New York Bowl. played Baltimore in all the championships that year. Yeah, and then and then in October, uh, the uh, the Mets beat the Orioles, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know four games yeah. to one. And well, then it wasn't even a, didn't he come to game six or seven? Four games and, to one. <laughs> and then and, and then the Knicks. The Knicks beat the Bullets. The Knicks beat the Bullets. Yep. Yeah. And listen, if you want to talk about backup quarterbacks. Uh, Unitas came in late in that game, but Earl Morrow was the starter for Baltimore right. that yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Unitas was hurt in the preseason, I think. Some, some people say maybe he shouldn't have played. Yeah, and he didn't listen. I, I think it was a moment, a, a move made out of desperation. But I mean, Morrow came in and had a thirteen and one, and you know, again going into the Super Bowl, albeit again against you know those AFL Jets, but still, I mean, that's a season for the ages as far as being a backup goes. Sure, yeah, but he didn't come I, up with the Super Bowl win though. Right. And I, and I, I think, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about the, and it didn't make our list, which I was surprising, but we talk about the, oh, maybe, it, maybe it is, maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but as far as upsets go, I still think this is the biggest upset. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, the Colts weren't undefeated, but 
I, I they still, were I, so dominant that season. Yeah, yeah they were. They were very and, and and like you said, it was it was it was uh, yeah. Look, Baltimore. It, it was like out. it was like when the NBA when when the when the uh, NBA played the ABA. You know, it, it would have been the equivalent of a. Uh, you know, it was like when the. Dr. J with the Nets, you know, I mean, it was right, right. It was a good, it was a good time for sports. Sports was starting to really become a dominant fixture in mixing celebrity and athletes for the first time. Sure, and that's that's really, I mean, Joe Namath's guarantee is really what this game is remembered. For. Yeah, absolutely. Look, the the Jets were eleven and three. They beat Oakland in the AFL Championship game, twenty seven twenty three. Colts were thirteen and one, and they shut down Cleveland thirty four nothing. In the NFL championship game, so sure. you know, they, I mean, they they were such a heavy favorite. I I I think you'd be hard pressed to find, I mean, a bigger upset. Mm-hmm. And those those of you out there that are wondering why the Colts were playing the Jets in the Super Bowl, the Colts actually used to be not just in Baltimore, but in the NFC. Um, they uh, they they went over to the uh, the AFC uh, after the merger. Well, after that. And, and yeah. for that matter, as uh, Radio Pete just mentioned, uh, the Browns, too, were in the NFL uh, or NFC, for that matter. Yep. Um, but I digress. Different uh, yeah. times. Yeah. Different I, times. And, uh, you know. A heck of an upset. A heck of an upset. So. Yeah. And I think the biggest, the weirdest thing in this game is that Namath was named MVP without throwing or scoring a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... Look, you could have given MVP to, because think, he guaranteed the win and then they won. So. Yeah, I, well, right. And he was the guy that everybody knew. Jim Turner kicked three yeah. field goals. Matt Snell was the other running back. And I think he scored a touchdown. But Emerson Boozer and yeah. Yeah, yeah Emerson Boozer, who, yeah, you know, lives Boozer. down the street from me. Sure. I've yet to talk to him and get him on the show. You but walk I'm together, him. don't you? You got to get him on the show. I've, I've walked, I've driven by his house a number of driven times. By, yeah, so. <laughs> I'm laying the groundwork. Laying the groundwork. Get it going. We'll work it. I mean, Matt, Matt Snell did have a, an incredible game. I mean, thirty carried it thirty times, one hundred and twenty-one yards rushing and a, and a TD. And his his longest run was only twelve yards. So I mean, talk about just grinding it out. Total, total grind it out. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see what the time I mean, of possession was for this game. Yeah, Emerson Boozer just... had ten carries for nineteen yards, hundred two <laughs> yards a carry. I yeah. mean, they just yeah, it was just. I think they just kept Baltimore off the field. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. So. Yeah, and Morrell did. He, he Earl Morrell did play in this game. He threw three interceptions. Yeah, United. That's the United's came in late in the game. Right uh, when it was, I wouldn't say it was. It was pretty much over, and uh, yeah, yeah. I think he went like three and out. Yeah. Well, I mean, United was eleven for twenty-four. He had more completions and more yards than than Morale. Yeah, I mean, he also threw an interception. So that was uh, defense wins. Don Shula just wanted to, you know, try and salvage what he could. It wasn't they weren't 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 like they were getting blown out. So right. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't completely out of reach, but right. So there you go. Number two on our list, Super Bowl number three. New York Jets, 16, Baltimore Colts, seven. I will take number one. Number one on our list is none other than Super Bowl 42. New York Giants, 17, New England Patriots, 14. This is uh, New England's uh, first Super Bowl loss. (laughs) I'll use that picture there. Get it. Get free, Eli. Get free. Come on. Get out of there. (laughs) You can do it, Eli. Uh, this was this was uh, yeah thirteen years ago to um, yeah thirteen years ago today 
uh, February 3rd, 2008, played at the University of Phoenix Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. Um, yeah, the Patriots were favored by 12 points in this game. Um, they were undefeated. Uh, you know, they were they were going to do uh, they, they were they were going to upset uh, Miami, the 72 Miami Dolphins and be become the uh, second team to go undefeated with more wins because obviously yeah, they would have been 19 and they would have been 19 and 0 as as opposed to uh, uh what was it 17 and 0 I guess Miami went um because it was 14, four, 14 regular season games right. so yeah um but yeah uh giants uh just the defense defense is all you got to say um, well, they pressured um, Brady. Just they, something fierce. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Just put so much pressure on Tom Brady. I mean, he was on his ass so many times. You know, uh, between the hurries uh, and 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 the sacks, it was this five is the sacks. Be- this, I think this is the best Giants defensive line they've ever had. Absolutely, great, great, great defensive line. I mean, they held Randy Moss, who who the uh, Patriots brought in. Hey, you know what? Air attack. We're gonna we're gonna give uh, we're finally gonna give uh, Brady a weapon. Let's yeah, bring in, let's bring in Randy Moss. They held him to sixty-two yards, and that was part of the reason why they were undefeated going into it. Is that Brady and Moss connected, literally connected really well that that yeah. year? It was crazy, uh, but yeah, they uh, it was just uh, you know Eli Manning, of course, but you know uh, the, a lot of things that he did in the game. But right here specifically, like this this play right here in this picture where he's getting tugged at, and I mean he was sacked what four or five times on this play. And he somehow got out of it and throws the ball about 180 yards downfield to David Tyree. And this happens. Uh, you know, he catches the ball on his helmet, catches the ball on his helmet um, and, and held on to it. And, uh, you know, I mean, in retrospect, uh, he was getting mauled. So even if he didn't catch this ball, you know, it really should have been pass interference anyway. So they would have had it, the ball first down it, there anyway. It, it wouldn't be a, a, a podcast without John complaining about the officiating. <laughs> well, no, they didn't need that. They didn't need to throw a flag. He caught the ball. That's right. I'm just saying. But uh, so they should have, should have thrown the flag regardless. They should have thrown the flag regardless. Absolutely. But yeah, no, he he, he caught it. And I, I remember going to the uh, I remember going to the uh, celebration at uh, the the rally they had at Giant Stadium. Uh, it has this pre-met life. Uh, the uh, rally had a giant stadium for for the team after the ticker tape parade in New York, and uh, David Tyree walked in with a football stuck to his hat. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I mean it was kind of like the one play David Tyree had in his <laughs> career with the Giants, yeah. and it, and it didn't score a touchdown. It was like what three plays later, Plaxico Burris uh, yeah. catches wide the, uh, wide open, beautiful wide. Pass. Wide it open. just seemed beautiful like, it, seemed like it took touch 20 pass. minutes for that pass to come down. It was forever, but, but boom, caught it right there in the back corner of the end zone. Beautiful, well well executed in there. I mean, this this game was defensive all the way. I mean, it was the, the Giants were, after the first quarter, the Giants were winning 3 nothing, And then after the second quarter, New England was winning 7-3. <laughs> Nobody scored in the third quarter. It was 7-3 New England going into the fourth quarter. Uh, there was 21 points scored in the fourth quarter. Giants scored two touchdowns. And New England only scored one, but yeah, this was uh, definitely an upset. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, ruined the perfect season for the Pats. Uh, gave Tom Brady his first Super Bowl loss. Uh, you know, his second to come four years later. Uh, but um, yeah, there you go. That's a crazy, uh, crazy uh, game that year. Yeah, I had oh, mixed yeah. feelings about this game. 
Because I bet you do. You I, well, I I hated both teams, but you know the the Patriots had the, the added edge of your hatred. Well, they had the bo- the added bonus of if they won, they would shut those damn dolphins up. Right. And of course, the dolphins were in my youth uh, more of a uh, uh, form. Did you say uh, youth? youth? You say youth? More of my when I was a youth. They were more of a formidable foe for the Jets and the Patriots were sure. you know, during the Patriots sucky times. Yeah. So I was I really didn't really didn't know who I wanted to win this game. Right. I but, did. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm sure I, you I kinda I, I kinda knew who I was rooting yeah. for. And look, well, I, look think, I think I'm a bit of a Patriots fan over the years because of Belichick and Brady. I mean, I I did I really thought the Giants were going to get lolly lipped. I really did. It's just uh, if the Giants as this lost, game uh, went on and on and on, I was just like, they're going to do this. I can't believe they're actually going to do this. If they'd lost those two Super Bowls, you wouldn't be such a Patriots fan. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. But yeah. No, I, 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 I mean, the Giants, no, Giants lost. No, I, I still would have. There's yeah. no denying the you know Patriots greatness, but yeah. And uh, on a side note, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers were the uh, Tamp Time show. Finally, someone there you good. Go. <laughs> there you go. Had to mention I was, that. That was Nipplegate, right? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. no, no I, was, I'm uh, kidding. I'm yeah. kidding. And Tom, to be, on, Tom to be Petty honest with you, nobody's show. ever seen Tom Petty's nipple. That was Nipple. No. I don't think anyone would care. The, uh, uh, which we call it. That, <laughs> that, that, that Super Bowl almost made our top 10 list because of Janet Jackson's nipple. Mm. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, that was the uh, that was another Patriots win. That was Patriots uh, over the uh, over the uh, Panthers, uh, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I actually considered uh, putting on this list, but that was a good game too. The that Patriots always seem to make it close. Yeah, that was their that was their second win. Uh, right. They won in. Uh, did that, yeah. what's, down, what's did that the... come down to a last second stop too? I think so. What, yeah, what's the was... biggest margin the Patriots have ever won a Super Bowl? By? I think four points. <laughs> right, isn't it? Didn't uh, they win one by like question. ten points or two touchdowns or something? Right? Maybe I, th- I thought it was four. Yeah, a lot of them have been close. They haven't had any. I'm sure somebody can look that up. I'm well, they haven't played right. Denver. No, so, and they haven't. Uh, they haven't played Buffalo. Two teams that are known for getting blown out in the Super Bowl. Man, well, they couldn't play them either. So yeah, so blow them out be... in the AFC Championship. So there you go. So now they have to and play. There you have it. So. Uh, <laughs> so they won 13 to 3. So that's 34, 34 to 28, 28 okay. to 24, 24 to 21, 32 <laughs> to 29, and 20 to 17. So three. So 10 points was the most. Four, four, three, four, and then 10. So six Super Bowls by a total of. 20, 20 points. 20, 20 points. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And everybody's, and everybody's saying, well, you know what? I mean, the Chiefs are just barely winning, right? Well, I mean, the Pats barely won every Super Bowl they played in. So. True. And that, yeah. the, la- the one that they, they won, won by won. 10, the one that they won by 10 was none other than Mr. Jared Goff at quarterback. So, uh, Yeah, this is true. Yeah, I, I did forget about that. They did blow out the uh, pretty much. They, he did suck it up at that Super Bowl. Yeah, that was a not a good offensive performance. That might have been the start of his decline. I That's when he expired. It was one of the actual Super Bowls that I watched in Boston and, uh, you know, was quietly, you know, rooting for the Rams. <laughs> but, uh, um, they, I, I will tell you, though, there was uh, there was police out 
Uh, they were congregating, and they no, nothing really happened bad or whatever, but they, they locked down, not locked down, but they were all out and about in force in the city. They, like, called everybody back, and they just walked around just to make sure. It was it was an odd scene um, of not, not of the celebration was fine with, with all the Pats fans after the Super Bowl, but just to see all that, you know, the cop, uh, you know, police officer presence uh, yeah, in the city after that. But Maybe they could have had some of them at the Capitol a couple of weeks back. There you go. Mm, would have been nice. Anyway, All right, there you go, top you know, ten. There you go. That is our that was our number one on our list. Super Bowl number one on our list and number two in our heart. Number two in our hearts. Super top. Bowl forty two. Uh, New York Giants seventeen. New England Patriots fourteen. All right, that's going to bring us to old balls. Old balls. Harry, why don't you tell us who this week's old balls is? Well, in the spirit of Super Bowls, I, I, I had to pick. Somebody who's done something that no one else has ever done. Mm -hmm. And that is Mr. Chuck Howley, who actually won the MVP of Super Bowl V on a losing team, playing for the Dallas Cowboys. He, Chuck Howley was a linebacker who I think had two interceptions in that game, had a hell of a game, but was, is the only, at the time he was the, he, he was the, uh, the first defensive player to win an MVP. Mm -hmm. And he is still, to this day, the only player on a losing team to receive the MVP award. Uh, and at the time, he was also the first non-quarterback to receive the award. Of course, it was only the fifth Super Bowl. But um, yeah, he was a, he was a two-way player in college, played played guard and center and defensive line and then linebacker. It was kind of a he, – he is the only athlete in school history to letter in five sports. And uh, – football, track, wrestling, gymnastics, and swimming. And uh, he won the Southern Conference one-meter diving championship. So he was a pretty pretty incredible um, pretty incredible athlete. Started his career with the Chicago Bears and then w wound up the rest of his 14 seasons with the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, he was a five-time Pro Bowler, uh, MVP of the Super Bowl. It was really the anchor of that Dallas Cowboys Defense and he, he's he tops a lot of people's lists, uh, or in the top three or four of people who should be in the Hall of Fame that are not. Uh, he had 25 interceptions and two touchdowns, uh, over the course of his career. He's in the Dallas Cowboy Ring of Honor and he was part of Sports Illustrated, uh, 1960s all decade team. He was six time Pro Bowler, five time All Pro. Uh, Super Bowl champion the next year in Super Bowl six when Dallas won and a Super Bowl MVP in the game that they lost. So uh, it's kind of an interesting story and uh, something that I think uh, even if somebody did perform to this level today, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it'll ever happen again unless somebody just does something that's so extraordinary that it overshadows, uh, you know, the the play of people on the winning team. I don't, I don't, I don't think we're going to see somebody on a, on a losing team win an MVP, but there he is. Mr. Chuck Howley, this week's recipient of old balls. Old balls. There you go. And, um, we mentioned it before too. Like, uh, Thurman Thomas at Super Bowl 25 could have been, right. the, uh, uh, could have been the, uh, the second player to, uh, to win that. But, um, you mentioned before he, he worked, he played at a garden center. Did you say her? a guard? He played guard and center. Oh, I thought you said he, he played in a garden center. He played at a garden center. He was in charge of uh, the uh, sod and uh, perennials. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure. I just wanted to 
verify that with you. But no, this this was. Uh, you might have played at a garden center. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of personal. I know, but um, these were these were uh, Super Bowls that were. I mean, they're they just you know it's it, it was the beginning of all of this, right? It right. was uh, you know super, this was Super Bowl five. He 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 won. Uh, you know the the Colts again back to the Baltimore Colts. Uh, they they won uh, Super Bowl uh, second one they were in. And uh, but the other team, uh, uh, the team's defensive player gets the MVP award. Uh, it mm-hmm. had to be really odd. Well, he was um, part the next year. Dallas won twenty four to three. So I mean, they held Miami to three points. Yeah, yeah. They, so they, I mean, they of course you know you look at those Dallas teams from back then. I mean, this is the same Miami team that had Larry Zonka and Bob Creasy and Larry Little and Paul Warfield and all of them, but. This Dallas team at Staubach and, and, and some of the others who are, uh, you know, go without saying, uh, pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah. Pretty Absolutely. incredible. They, um, yeah, they, they were, uh, they were really, uh, really good. Those games back then were, uh, it, it, it just seems to me, obviously, cause you know, back, back then those Super Bowls watching them, you know, when, when you're, when you're a kid. Um, it, it I don't just, remember the seventy-two. I don't remember the seventy-two. I'm, just, I, I'm referring. To, I'm referring to Super Bowls in the seventies. Yeah, I don't remember the, the later, the later years. Yeah, 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 but um, but yeah, even though, and then reading up again, I, I remember, I remember when I was, I was probably, I, I think it was Super Bowl eleven. I guess it was uh, when the Raiders beat, uh, uh, or the Raiders play uh, in Super Bowl eight. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, the Raiders, uh, the Vikings, the Vikings, the Vikings, the Vikings, yeah. Vikings yeah. Um, McDonald's uh, re- uh, had had um, uh, with the uh, with the kids meals. They actually had Super Bowl books and guides or whatever, and it was three different ones or whatever, just covering, uh, you know, covering the um, uh, eleven Super Bowls there there were at that point, right. and uh, uh, which I remember getting them and just like reading through them and looking at all of them and. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not like I had the Internet back then to go watch game film or anything like that. You know, there was whatever whatever clips they showed on TV and then you watch them every year. But it just you're, so... you're talking the Dolphins in Super Bowl eight, right? Being the Vikings. So I met I met Super Bowl 11, 11, okay. 11. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl 11 was uh, Oakland yeah. over the Vikings. The Vikings played in four Super Bowls in the oh, 70s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, they, were, they were always there. And, and they lost all Always points. a bridesmaid. Yeah. Well, yeah. that Raiders team is uh, – so the Raiders have won two Super Bowls. Raiders have won two Super Bowls, yeah. They, yeah. Raiders they've won only been in two. and 84. They've, no, they've only been – They've been in three. They lost to the, they lost to the Buccaneers in 03. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, Chucky. Yeah, Chucky. Chucky B. Chucky. How, how ironic is that? The, uh, yeah. the the man that created the game plan for the Raiders beats them with the other teams. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, pretty interesting, but yeah, they're uh, you know, just looking back over over Super Bowl history and just looking at the games that were played and the teams that played in them and everything else. Just it's just uh, it's just fun to look at. And, no, that was the Ken Stabler years, right? Yeah, yeah. God, that guy. Have you ever, I, supposedly his autobiography? We need maybe need to have an an entire show dedicated to Ken Stabler. I heard his autobiography is pretty fantastic. Yeah, there uh, there were a lot. Yeah, there, 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 during those four uh, Pittsburgh uh, Super Bowl wins, uh, in between, uh, you know, right in the middle of all four of them, the Raiders won one, and the, you know, Raiders beat the Vikings, and the Cowboys beat the Broncos, and then and then the Steelers come back and win another two. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's. Uh, it was the golden age of the tough, gritty, 
uh, Super Bowl uh, NFL days, you know. So anyway, that uh, um, I'm not sure where Radio Pete has gone. I don't know. He's uh, he's he's researching uh, deep into the bowels of his uh... <laughs> bowels. <laughs> yeah, Chuck Howley, heck of a game. Came up short. <laughs> it, it was. We finally picked. We finally started discussing something where Pete was just like, "All right, I'm done. I'll see if I'll see if they notice." He's a if pseudo I leave. Cowboys fan. Why wouldn't he want to hear about Chuck Howley? Well, listen, I, this is probably team TMI, but you use the word bowels. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, it's no, okay. No, no, no. You, you, you had to go down into your basement and find something. We get it. That's all it's I'm okay. Down it's into okay. the bowels of the basement. I'm, I thought I had a Chuck Howley jersey, and I went to look for you it. You went to look for it in the basement. It's not the, where, the it's not where I thought it was. You, it had was to, uh, you had to excuse yourself and take a Howley. Howley. So... Uh, in any event, yeah. So that's what uh, that's what we're talking about. So anyway, all right. Well, that would be this week's old balls, uh, and we're uh, we've already done that. So let's move on to some hot stove. Oh, uh, a little baseball right. action for you. Anything going on? Jesus. Uh, uh, you know what? I mean, well, there's a few things. Um, here's a report. Let's let's talk about the Mets first for a second. According to Major League Baseball Networks, MLB Network, uh, um, Jeff McNeil. Uh, remember how they they rated um, uh, Brandon Nimmo a few weeks ago as like uh, one of the top ten center fielders in baseball? Yeah, uh, MLB networks. Well, they rated, and this one is a little bit more believable. They rated Jeff McNeil um, the second best second baseman in the majors right now. Really? Uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. They called him the Shredder. Uh, Major League Baseball on the Shredder. Uh, they called uh, Jeff McNeil the second best. Uh, second uh, baseman and the majors. Uh, he had the highest batting average among MLB players since, has the highest uh, batting average among MLB players since 2018. Uh, it's a uh, 318 batting average. Uh, he has 23 home runs in 2019. I had 28 um, with 311 and four homers um, in, uh, and 14 doubles in 52 games last season. Over his first three years in the majors, he's hit 319 in 248 games. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of got to believe him at that point. I mean, uh, McNeil's been uh, pretty uh, pretty good defensively. His defensive numbers, when he does play in the infield and his and his bat, uh, are pretty damn good. So they're, they're calling him the second-best second baseman in the majors right now. So, thoughts? Uh, I think he's the most underrated second baseman in baseball right now. Okay. Um, who, who's not? I mean, I, I think you got to look at Mar, Mar, Marte in Arizona. Lemay, is DJ LeMay a second baseman? Uh, Jose oh, Altuve. Um, you know, who else am I missing? Uh, yeah, Brandon Lowe. Is it Mike Mustakas? I mean, there's there's a couple pretty good second basemen out there. But yeah, uh, he's he he's, he might be on that list. Um, no. I don't think he's number two, but he's definitely in the top seven or eight. You know, <laughs> according to uh, according to MLB right now, this is their list. Uh, as soon as it loads, uh, come on, there you there we go. Okay, um, they got uh, they have DJ LeMay who's number one, Jeff McNeil's number two, um, uh, Marte's uh, three, Brendan Lowe's four. Kevin Biggio's five, 
Uh, Jake uh, Cronenworth is six. Uh, Donovan Solano with the Giants is seven. Chris Taylor and the Dodgers. Is this just based on last year's statistics? No, no, no. It's over, over, over the course of three years, I think. All right, well, there's there's somebody that I would take maybe over all of them whose name nine, hasn't been said yet. Nine is Jose Altuve, yeah. and ten is Ozzy Albies. So yeah, so so yeah. No, let, let's let's put Jose Altuve at number nine. Come on. Who's who's writing for this? Too many computers, too many statistical analysis, not enough eyes on the game. <laughs> no. I guess that could be something that has to. I guess that could have something to do with it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. Well, there you uh, there you go. So you would keep you would keep him in the top ten. You're saying. Yeah, of course. Would you keep him in the top thirty? <laughs> keep him in the top ten, maybe the top seven or eight. Yeah, I I I think he's honestly. And he's I, young, I, and he's he's yeah, obviously I'll, you know got a lot of tread left on the tires. I'll so. go with you with the most un, one of the most underrated second baseman, if not the most underrated. No, people just don't know about him, you know, but there's a well, lot of second basemen well, people Yeah, know but about. the reason and people are going to know about him this year because the, the the Mets haven't been able to play him on a regular basis at second base because they have to put, you know, Mr. Cano out there every every game. Right. Um but uh but now uh he's not playing this year, so uh but we'll we'll get to see him on a regular basis and and see uh we'll see how that happens. Um uh, it must other... be phenomenal if he's number two and he doesn't play regularly. Yeah, yeah. I, that. <laughs> I, mean... uh, I, I think that was just based. I think that was just based on offensive numbers, you know, and the fact that he's going to be a second baseman and these are his offensive numbers. Obviously, I think that's where. Yeah, I'll be. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't really know. I mean, I know he's a decent second defensive second baseman, but I don't think there's enough. I don't think he's been out there enough to to really say okay. Well, he really hasn't, and you he's know, he's, the, you know, he's he's up there with. You know that, that's one of the things about somebody like Altuve. He's been doing it for a long time. He's a he's one of the clutch, biggest clutch hitters in baseball, and he's a pretty darn good second baseman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you could say what you want about Robbie Cano. There were years there where Robbie Cano was not only one of the best second baseman, one of the best players in baseball. Well, of course, he was. He's not yeah. now, but no. he was absolutely, no. and that's well, true for anybody that plays that long. I'll tell you what, though, Robbie Except Cano, Robbie Cano is going to make a pretty good DH for somebody this year. I, I, you watch; he's going to have a he's going to have a bounce back year. Not that he had a horrible year last year. Well, you mean next year because this year, next year this year can only play in like Dominican yeah. Republic or right, you know, whatever. Or, yeah, um, but in any event, uh, yeah, that's that uh, news and nothing much more on you know Bauer and and any of that. But uh, it it was brought to uh, it was put out there that. Um, the Mets' offer to Bauer was either was three or four years with opt outs, but it was less than the thirty six million annual average value uh, salary he was looking for. He wants to be the highest paid. Um, he wants a long contract and he wants to be the highest paid uh, uh, pitcher in uh, in baseball. He wants to he wants to uh, eclipse uh, Garrett Cole's uh, salary, and uh, you know he's a, he he wants a long term deal. He wants valued at more than three hundred twenty four million, which is what Cole got. And and this is based on a sixty-game season that he pitched in what eleven games, <laughs> you know. So, um, which is probably the reason why he isn't signed yet. And um, it's probably the reason why he's going to go to a team that's going to put all their cards into him, and it's not going to be a contender. Well, before right. before we move on, though, I just went to Major League Base MLB dot com. This is who they have as their top relief pitchers. Okay, <laughs> Kirby Yates as number one, and number two, Aroldis Chapman. Aroldis Chapman is number two. That number sounds two. reasonable. Yeah. Well, they didn't say closer. They said relief pitcher. So, 
Maybe he's better. Maybe they're, they're maybe they're eyeing. Him he's up a closer, so setup role. So so he so not only is he better than all the other closers, but he's also better in their minds than all of the other relief relievers. So. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, there you go. So now is that the shredder or is that just the because uh, there's a there's, it's MLB.com. There you go. Well, they would know. Well, wouldn't wouldn't they? Wouldn't they know? You would think they would know. They, they would know. know. Look, as far as Trevor Bauer goes. Um, Tony Kornheiser talks about this a lot. I believe it was Don Olmeyer, okay, who was a longtime NBC sports broadcasting executive, uh, once said something very candid when asked about contracts and players and free agents. And he said, the answer to all your questions is money. Sure. <laughs> right. And that's generally yeah. what it comes down to. And there are he- players who do take a little bit less to stay sometimes with a team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, that does happen. But when you're talking about free agents... It's all, about, Almost, it's, all, it's, it's all about the Benjamins. It's all about money. And if that means you go to a lousy team, how old is Bauer now? 27. 27. So he's got years left. You know, he could go somewhere for, I mean, unless he's looking to sign a 10 years, which he probably would they, like they a 10 year deal, but. Well, the Mets are offering him three or four years. The Dodgers. He wants five it, or six, right? He wants five or six. And, yeah. and he wants, and he wants more than 30. He wants more than the 36 million that Garrett Cole is getting. He wants to be the highest paid pitcher. But uh, th- right now, everybody's uh, all signs point to the only two teams that he's going to wind up going to is either the Mets, the Mets or the Dodgers. The Dodgers. Yeah. And that's it. And the Dodgers and the Mets are actually offering him more years than the Dodgers are offering him. So right. and he's just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. So well, he's not in a hurry. And, and look, not. you you would think that you know these are obviously going to be his formidable years and going to yeah. a, signing three or four yeah yeah but he could sign an eight-year contract that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be in the same place for eight years right sure. no you know no. uh lots of players don't uh, play their entire contracts uh, probably sure. so uh, he might go for the money right now and then go yeah I'll, then i'll go somewhere for two or three or four years and i'll right. make a boatload of money and i'll still be in my early 30s and i'll still be great and i'll still be viable and I then, still I, think, then I, still I move think, to a contender and win a couple of World Series. I still think the Yankees should make some moves and get them on their team. I, I, there's no. There's, I think it'd be a great move for them if they did. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, they, they need they need a bit. The, the Yankees don't have a ton of time to win with this team because of what where people are in their contracts, etc. You know, Garrett Cole's not going to be great for ten years. He's his his best years are these next two or three years. So you have to pair him up with another top pitcher. And I don't see anybody else out there that's available that's better than Bauer. I just don't. Yeah, there's really not. You know, and, there really isn't. So. And I think that by slotting him behind Cole, it'll actually put takes it'll actually help his numbers. Because he won't be going up against the number one guy in the other team every series. Right. right. Well, um, yeah, and, and the same holds true for the Mets because you know he's not going to you know whether whether he's on the, the exactly the Mets. Exactly. You know, he's not. They're not. He's not starting for uh, you know. He's not your first starter over Cole on the Yankees. He's not, certainly no. not your first starter over Degrom on the Mets. So, no. um, I'll tell you, you know. what: if the Yankees sign him, then I would agree to trade him to the Mets. <laughs> for Degrom, <laughs> I just, I just still, I, I have dreams at night of Jacob Degrom in Yankees uniform. 
I just do. Uh, <laughs> especially especially when, when he wears his Mets pinstripes, you just picture those stripes a little darker. I just picture him in a dark gray road <laughs> uniform and cut, starting game two of the World Series. What was it? What was, it was it was it MLB Network or was it just Major League Baseball or whatever, the writers or somebody, uh, you know, uh, uh, appointed him or declared him the top pitcher in baseball? Uh, last and I mean, look, if, if, if Syndergaard can come back in any resemblance of what he was mm-hmm. and the Mets get Bauer, I think, they, I think they've got, the, without a doubt, the yeah. best starting pitching in baseball. Yeah, you got DeGrom, Bauer, Carrasco, Stroman, and Syndergaard. Syndergaard's, yeah. your, and Syndergaard's your fifth starter, you know. And then you also have, you know, you have a few other arms behind that too. Peterson's still. Uh, you just need a closer. You need a, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, I don't. Uh, really, I don't know who's out there for the Yankees. You, you, you guys, you guys want one? Uh, no. Uh, the Yankees so, are yeah. getting rid of pitching. It, 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 they are. It seems like they're just dumping well, Tanaka's, players up. Tanaka's right. going back to Japan, right? He's I think they got rid of Adam Atavia, who's another, uh, you know, yep. top ten closer. Uh, I, I, I have a feeling that. When it's all said and done, I think the Yankees are going to make a big move, and I, I think, I think you're going to see Trevor Story on the Yankees. Right, right now we are in a typical scenario with the Colorado Rockies out here, where they have two of maybe the top ten infielders in baseball, and they're getting rid of one who's possibly, you know, arguably the best third baseman in the last ten years in baseball, and they're going to get and they're going to dump Story. It's 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 just what the Rockies do. It, you you could put five donkeys and a burrito out on the field, and people in Denver will go watch baseball. Yeah. It's just they the this these owners are not about winning, and it's too bad because watching Trevor Story and over the years and watching Nolan Arenado, these are guys that if they were in a big market would be big names. And mm-hmm. and yes, you could argue, oh, it's because of the altitude and they play. These guys' numbers are great home and on the road, and. I, I, I actually think you're going to see Trevor Story playing shortstop for the Yankees. That'd be interesting. If they don't get Trevor Bauer, I think you're going to see Story playing for the Yankees. Once ever or another. Yeah. So did you, uh, didn't you have, didn't the Rockies just have uh, somebody retire too? I don't know. Just last week? Who, who retired for the Rockies? That would be, wouldn't that be uh, Mr. Daniel Murphy? Oh, yeah. Well, is he really a Rocky? <laughs> well, he kind of was, kind of, sort of. Um, but, uh, yeah, now Daniel Murphy uh, retired. But um, let me ask you this really quick on uh, uh, one more thing on the Mets. Uh, actually, two really quick. Uh, one, is Jay Goderizzi uh, a, a fallback, a suitable, you know, second choice if the Mets, one way or another, don't sign Trevor Bauer? Um I mean, or would, you, or would you go with, or, or would you not bother and go with what you have and bring, you know, hope Peterson works out a little bit, more, you know, comes into form a little bit more. Um, no, I think you got to go. I think you still need another arm. Yeah, you, you can never have enough. So, so yeah. if you don't get Bauer, Odorizzi's fine. Just get him. You know, obviously Bauer is the preference, but but back it up with yeah. Odorizzi kind of thing. Yeah. And then if and, the other uh, guys do bounce back, then 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 you're then you've got the, the what you need surplus, and you yeah yeah, and when the postseason comes. You need middle release, especially if it's going to be. I mean, if it's anything like last year's postseason, where there's where there's not as much time in between games. Sure, you, you need as much pitching as you possibly can, and guys who are flexible enough who can give you three innings one game and another two two innings the next. Yeah, um, very true. And uh, the other thing I just want to say: uh, should the Mets make it a priority? 
before spring training, and for that matter, the season starts, of extending Conforto and Lindor now, or wait till after the season. Because um, they wait till after the season, they're both free agents, and then they got to they got to deal with that. I, I don't think Lindor is going to do it before the end of the season. Conforto might be a different story. I, I don't think you're going to see either of them. I just don't think you're going to see the players commit to to to, to an extension before then. Gotcha. I think Conforto has a better chance of. Uh, yeah, I think I think you might see him doing it. I I wouldn't see why why would Lindor want to do that? Yeah, well, it depends on it depends on what the numbers are, right? And <laughs> if the contracts. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, why would you want to? And I think the know, Mets want to see what he does. Yeah, yeah, let him play. I think I I well they know don't get, don't get your don't get Conforto. Your, let Lindor play, and then don't get yourself play. into a Stanton situation. This is true. This is true. Um, moving to the Yankees, um, there's a report that uh, Kyle Higashioka wants to do the right, uh, do right in, in a potentially awkward situation, and he expressed confidence that Gary Sanchez will do the same as far as catching goes. Um, you feel it's going to be awkward, or you think Higashioka is the starter, or you think they're going to put? Uh, I, I think it, I think Sanchez it's going to be what they've been doing for the last number of years. I think I think you're going to see. Kyle catch, you know, 40% of the start at about 40% of the games. Here's the thing is that, look, if the Yankees do, the Yankees w- want to put Torres at second base. Mm-hmm. They have arguably the two, two of the top five second basemen in Torres and LeMahieu. Right. LeMahieu is a great first baseman as well. So if they can get a, a shortstop in Trevor Story, Move Torres to second base. They're going to move Lemayhu to first. Right. That means that you you're you're gonna you can't put Sanchez as a DH when you got what's his name who led the major leagues in home runs there who would, who's going to need to platoon a little bit of first base and, and 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 be the DH. So that would be the one thing that would maybe um delegate Sanchez to, to less games started right. and more of an even split, or maybe even not starting as many games. I would love to see the Yankees get something for Gary Sanchez. I'm not sure Higoshi is the, the, he's a good defensive catcher. The Obviously the pitchers who have a say and who they want behind the plate want him to catch them. Uh, we'll see. I think it all depends on whether or not the Yankees infield changes. If it stays as it is, then I think you'll see Sanchez catching and DHing. Right. But I think he's a wink. I, I think neither him or, or, or Kyle Gush are great hitters. Sanchez is miserable. So if you, if you, if you're stuck with a situation where they're both in your lineup, not great for the Yankees. Yeah. So it could get uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I think Sanchez's his his confidence has rocked a little bit. I think he needs to to get a little bit more confidence, and that's gonna he's got to have a good spring training, and he's got to get off to a hot hot start. And so I think the Yankees will force him behind the plate because they're committed to him. Right, they're committed to him. Well, we'll see what happens with that. Um, the uh, the other thing I was gonna say. Or- uh, Urshela and Boyd, uh, they both won uh, Munson Awards uh, the other day too, yeah. and um, as well as Michael Conforto, by the way. I mean, the, the Yankees, um, the the Yankees with with Urshela and well, you know, 
who's the other third baseman that the Yankees had that was had a better year than Urshela the year before, who's not as good defensively. Anyway, um, the Yankees the Yankees are going to need to move, I think, a couple people to get a pitcher. Whether it's in in a free agent signing where they need to clear cap room, or if sure. they're going to actually go out and get a pitcher, they're going to need to make a decision. Is it Luke Voigt? It's probably got a lot of trade value right I don't now. Think it's Luke Voigt. Well, that brings me. Let me. Let me. I think it's Andahar. I think it's it's well, Urshela. It's it's one of those one of those guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, as far as as far as that goes, I was I was saying that Luke Luke Voigt is actually already in. <laughs> they're both right. ready for spring training, but Luke Voigt's actually already in Tampa. Uh, yeah, so he's already he's, and, and he's, I, there. he's getting ready. I, I, for, I would for say Luke Voigt was the second best Yankee last year. Yeah. But uh, uh, to your point, um, Miguel Andujar now has new representation. Yes, he switched agents. Um, <laughs> do you think that means that that's what will fall into play right there? What you're talking about as far as cleaning cap room and so forth and so on. I, I like Andujar. I think I want his bat in the lineup. I, I I think he's as far as Yankee hitters goes. I'd rather see and. I'd rather see him at the plate than Stanton or 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 uh, or or Sanchez at any time in the game. The problem is that he's not going to start at third now, and in he attempted to play out the outfield a few times last year, and it was just a train wreck. It was a train wreck, yeah. But what do you do with the Yankees outfield? I mean, Stanton's not necessarily Willie Mays out there. Yeah, was it that much more of a train wreck than Stanton? Yes. Okay. Because he's not, because he's he's was, kind was, of a shitty third baseman who can hit really well, who was really exposed when they had him in left field. Um, but you know, if Gardner comes back and you got you got Judge, you got Stanton, the Yankees outfield, Mike Talkman's got to play. I mean, again, another guy who I'd rather stick with Talkman. Then, then have some of these other guys who are costing you more money. I think, I think you can never have enough players, especially the Yankees in the last couple of years have had a lot of injuries. I, I don't think there's been a time where they played more than 10 games in a row with their actual you know, starting lineup intact. So that always helps. But again, he's another guy who's – Andahar is a great DH. And so now all of a sudden you have all these guys who are, who are DH material and, and two of them can't hit. So, I the Yankees are not going to give up on Sanchez. I think one of those other players is going to, is going to move, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what what pans out. It all depends oh. on what other teams want. This is true. Um, a couple other things around Major League Baseball. First of all, I, I mentioned it the other day. I don't know if you saw it. Um, Dustin Pedroia retired. Are, yeah. Are you happy about that? Am I happy about that? <laughs> he's well, such a he's such a great little. Bastard, you know he's one of the classic Red Sox cocksuckers that you just love to hate. You know, um, I don't know. I I liked him. I mean, I, he's a, he he's one of those guys who's played way above his his so called talent level for years. And yeah, he'll be missed. I mean, he's sort of he's sort of he is the Red Sox in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, is he a Hall of Famer? I don't think so. No, I don't think he's played long enough. I mean, I'd have to really dig into his numbers, but I don't. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Pete, I mean, if Fred Lynn's not a Hall of Famer, Dustin Pedroia is not. A Hall of uh, there's a lot of people that aren't yeah. Hall of Famers that should be Hall of Famers, and right. there's a good, there's a good handful that. I mean, Jim <laughs> Rice, Hall of Famers Jim Rice isn't be. even a Hall of Famer, right? Is he? There's there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, um, he he might get some votes because of the position that he yeah. played, but yeah. 
Yeah. You know, that, that I think it more than anything would, well, not more than anything, but I mean, he had some good numbers too, but that, that well, might get him a few extra votes that he wouldn't normally get if he were, you know, an outfielder or whatever. That's true. Well, I mean, if everything goes like the way it went this year, nobody's ever going to be in the Hall of Fame again, right? There's uh, 14 yeah, blank ballots. and uh, No one deserves it. 14 blank ballots. Well, sp- speaking of that, nobody, I, mean, nobody, I, I don't want to get political, but, and this is coming from somebody who hates the motherfucker. Kurt Schilling belongs in the Hall of Fame. End of argument. Yeah. End of argument. Right. Maybe one of the, the top three performers in the postseason in the history of the game. Mm-hmm. Kurt Schilling deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Pedroia's batting average is a lot higher than I thought it was. I mean, he yeah, hit it's, two, it's pretty high. Two ninety nine career batting average. Yeah. So. He's got he's got the numbers. I mean, he he's not gonna he's not gonna win hands down, but uh, he, he could he could sneak in one year. Yeah, um, he's got the numbers, and and he did play a decent amount of years too. It wasn't it was only like five years. Yeah, no, two thousand six to uh, two thousand nineteen. Yeah, he played. I mean, he, his he's first, got two, his first year, first year playing was really two thousand seven. But yeah, yeah his first year two, playing, they won the uh, World two Series. championships. Yeah. yeah, he's got two championships, and he he was out uh, injured for the two thousand eighteen championship, which is why he didn't he doesn't. You know, right. qualify as having the championship. So, but um, yeah. So there you go. And then the uh, one other thing I want to bring up uh, is Major League Baseball. The Players Association rejected uh, MLB's uh, proposal again to delay the uh, 2021 season. Um, they said they were going to, uh, you know, make it 150, uh, 154 game season, uh, delay it, and uh, they, but it's going to be full season pay. So, and that was the uh, that was the. I mean, not that you know, it would have been only eight games less, but. Um, you know, there was the universal DH was in there and expanded playoffs. Um, but I think it had a lot more to do with the, the postseason, the, with the with the expanded playoffs, and also uh, they were worried because Man, uh, Rob Manfred's going to get uh, extra powers to cancel games, scratch games uh, throughout the season if there's yeah. anything COVID related. I think that I was the two things. It was it was that, and I think, and I and I'm with them on on the postseason. Yeah. Can we can we just let it settle? I I don't even if somebody was to ask me today, and I consider myself a pretty avid baseball fan, what is the makeup of the of Major League Baseball's postseason? I can't answer that question. No. I haven't known it for ten years. I just don't know anymore. I don't know. All the really good a team with one hundred and six wins plays a team that has seventy five wins. If they lose one game, they're out. Right. You know, it just makes no sense at all. No, it doesn't make any sense. You know, of course, I'm I'm still mad that there's more than four divisions well it only it only makes sense if you look at it in terms of how do we get the most dollars right it's all, it's all about the benefits you know and, and unfortunately that's... And, and, I, and i'm okay with that but See, let's, I'm not, let's, I'm, let's, I'm, let's let's do it in a way that is somewhat in the middle i think that right. there should not be any series that's less than five games and you're preaching to the choir and with you 100 and, and and the one thing I don't like about it is that so the teams that win, right now they're in a buy. I say if you're going to do it, have one play four and two play three or whatever the case may be. Make but but don't have a buy in this, in that first series because I think that puts the team at a disadvantage in baseball if you're sitting there for a week and a half waiting for Absolutely. a series to end. It's it it sucks for. I mean, you, you look at it like this. In in like seven game series or well obviously seven game series only uh, you know the uh, the uh, LCS uh, and and the World Series but that doesn't matter but just to take a look at the LCS if a team plays the their their league championship series and sweeps 
Four games. And I'm not talking about the, the quick games in the bubble in this year. I'm just t- normal years uh, with your days off in between. Uh, sweeps and it takes the first four games. All right. And then the other teams in the other league go seven. Right. That's a week off. Yeah. Without baseball, minimum you can't, you can't have for the five, team that swept. You can't have so right away. They're at a disadvantage. You can't the have these these. If you're gonna have six teams in each in each league and have one play six, two play five, blah 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 blah, blah right? And have a, the first series be five and the next two be seven and call it a day. But I just don't like these. I I never was a fan of the one and done thing. I think that that's ridiculous. Uh, I don't like the buy the play in game. I don't like any of it. I don't like it. I just I've never been a fan of a buy. In... Yeah, mm. and and the play-in game was just—it's not fair. I'm I'm almost uh, happier in football right. that they added that extra wild card team because right. now there's only one team that has a buy. Right, and that's one one game. It's not you know, and that's so it's different with baseball, especially with you know the way in which. I mean, it could help you a little bit if you're if somebody's hurt or something like that, and gives you right. a little bit of rest. But it doesn't it doesn't seem to to bode well for the teams that are that that are waiting around. Agreed, absolutely. So I don't know. Let's put yeah, it, and it's and, and the other a, thing let's is put a paper together and get in front of Manfred and see what he says. Yeah, and and if you're you know if you're a team that's getting a buy, then you're obviously a good team, yeah. and it's not should not that much of an advantage right. if you're playing a longer series. Yeah, you know if if. If the first round of everyone's playoff series was one game or three games, then yeah, having that buy can be an advantage. But if you're talking about, you know, generally speaking, the the longer series, the better team, you know, uh, is at an advantage and usually wins. Well, I mean, you guys so, remember, you guys remember that the pennant used to be five games. Yeah. Then the World Series was seven. That was it. You had two yeah. teams play five, a five game series. The winners of each of that played in the World Series. That was it. That was it. That was it. And it was fine. It was great. It was great. The only time you had a one-game playoff was when you were tied. Yeah. We all remember what happens when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah the, I just – I don't like any of it. It's sensational. It's sort of – it's 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 meant to be in the world that we live today where somebody's, you know, watching it, clips of it on their phone – while they're doing so, I don't, I don't, I, I just don't like it. Yeah. I also think, I also think baseball is going to have a problem. I think baseball did well with them when they were bubbled up. I think that the players have some right to be concerned with an extended series. And I, I do think that they should be, I think that they should be looking at regional games with teams playing two or three series against, you know, similar teams and then moving and playing the next round of games because if it's just a normal season with back and forth, I don't know how you control it. No, you can't, you can't. Uh, And and I think the hope was that there'd be vaccines available and that there'd be much more, uh, upfront work. And and there will be, there will will be be next year. Uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, no, there will be some this year too. And and they're going to, they're going to get vaccines too. the The delay they wanted to do, they wanted to delay it. They wanted to delay spring training to have spring training not even start until March 22nd. I'm okay with that, actually. And then the regular season would start on April 28th. I'm okay with that. And and they and, had good reason for that because they played, a little, obviously, a, an odd season last year. Right. 
So and, and it would only be it would be a one. So they'd only but they'd only lose eight games because the season would extend a little bit more into October. I think I think it was a good proposal. I think it was great. I think and I and I don't think the players probably had anything. I, I don't think that was objective. Upset about not at all. It was it was the it was the expanded playoffs and it was Manfred's extra powers. And and they got a CBA. They got a collective bargaining agreement co- coming mm-hmm. due this year too. So uh, I I think that there, there was probably a few things in there that they yeah, they want to address as well. But. But um, it will be nice to know that there's but, yeah. a full season, or at least uh, the modicum of a full yeah, season. I mean, well, 154 games was, you know, you know, 45 years ago was a full season, right? Sure. Right. Um, uh, but they'll have more leverage when they're negotiating the CBA mm-hmm. as opposed to now right. to kind of, you know, work some of these yeah, things in. 55 years ago. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, th- I think it's going to be – it's it's one of those baseball seasons, it seems like, where there's some new – players in town literally you know and uh we we could have some some teams that we haven't been talking about in in a few years be on the radar again this is true i mean toronto the mets i think the cardinals are making moves yeah Um, san diego is probably going to be better than they were last San diego let's see if tampa is what they were last year let's see if the reds were what they were last year the braves again you know there's a lot of teams that did well in a shortened season last year because primarily, I think, because their pitching staff was able to accommodate the change in the schedule. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens this year. Maybe it, maybe it returns to form, but who knows? Mm-hmm. But there's there's going to be a lot more parity, I think, in baseball this year. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, let's get out of baseball and talk a little basketball, shall we? Well, um, you know, I just looked at the scores. If if the Knicks just were able to play the Bulls every game, they yeah. they'd be at least at five hundred. Yeah, exactly. Well, they actually they actually lost the other night. The I know they did, but they, I feel like they played the Bulls like eight times this year. Yeah, they did actually. They did. <laughs> oh, they lost. I thought they won the other night. No, they, no, they won tonight. Night. They won tonight. Oh, okay. One of seven. One of. They did win the other night. Then they lost the other night. And now they won again. Okay. They, I, yeah. Who knows how often they played the Bulls, but. <laughs> We, uh, we shall see. But the uh, couple things about that. I mean, the uh, uh, Randall's turnovers. I mean, he had a decent game tonight. Uh, at twenty-seven points with uh, the ball dies. The ball dies in his hands. It's just it's ridiculous. With it the dies uh, in his hands. Uh, the, 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 he had five turnovers on what was it Friday night or Saturday night? It's you know at times. He they can move the ball well when when they're using him in the post, but then on other times, it just seems like ev- it just dies in his hands. And, and look, he's a high percentage shooter. He shot almost fifty yeah. percent from the field tonight. Yeah. He was five of seven from three point range. The, it's when he gets the ball in the post that and he look he's plus fourteen tonight, twenty seven points. You can't argue with the numbers, but the same criticism, and I don't think it was as as bad with Carmelo was levered against Carmelo when he's on the Knicks. I see the same thing with Randall. His numbers are great, but it just seems like at times the ball movement stops. Now the key to the Knicks this season is two guys. Randall has to have his normal game and Barrett and Peyton have to perform and they win. If Barrett and Peyton play well, they win. They had Peyton had a good night. Yep. He did. 20 points. And, and uh, what, I'm, what, what I'm looking at is he had eight assists, eight rebounds, you know. And f- right. but, but the Knicks, here, here's how you summarize the Knicks. There's not, not a lot of assists on this team. They had 19 assists for the game. 19. <laughs> 
James Harden, I think, had that by himself the other night. They the ball doesn't move as much. I give Thibodeau all the credit in the world. The Knicks, I think, going into tonight, were still the number one defensive team in the league. They are playing really well on defense, and a lot of those players have improved. I think you're going to see guys like Noel and quickly. Robinson's game is really improved. Even Randall's playing good defense. They're long, they're active, they're playing good team defense, but they're not pet. They're not a great passing team. The no, ball sticks. Yeah. When you talk about the defense, you're absolutely right. And I mean, I, this, these are numbers as of last Friday, so I don't know what they are as of today. But as of last Friday, the Knicks have the lowest points allowed total in the league. Yeah. They're number one in points allowed. And look, Thibodeau's, uh, Thibodeau's starting to, to uh, get his, his le- le- least points allowed, I should say. He's, he's starting to get his rotation in order. And here are the people that are getting left out: Kevin Knox and Frank Nicolita. They have not played. I think I don't think Knox has played in three games in a row. Knox hasn't played. Nicolita hasn't played. No. Tosh Gibson was a pickup that you didn't, you know, the Knicks have three centers now. Yeah. Oh, you don't expect Gibson to to get big minutes until maybe the playoffs, but you know, there's some talk about maybe Noel and, 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 and Burks and some of these other guys being trade bait. You know, I like what the Knicks have again. They, I feel like they need a true, I think Peyton's a good point guard. I just don't think he's, he'd be a great, guy to come in on the second team if if the knicks had a really good point guard this to- this a guy to- who could score and pass the ball and move the ball more i think i think you got yourself a, a team that's above 500 there has I've been, been saying cha- that for three years though there has been yeah. chatter about a trade for uh for zach levine so. yeah there's been chatter about that and he's unproven i mean he's a great young star obviously he's having a pretty good year uh does that is that really what the Knicks need? No. I don't know. Well, I mean, who who's a point guard that can score and, and passes the ball and who's not too old but not too young? They're, there's, they're few and far between. I mean, there was talk of Westbrook. I don't think he's the right fit for this team. And obviously, I think Russell Westbrook's kind of on the downturn. Not yet. Um, you know, who who's going to come to the Knicks? I don't, you just don't know. You know, how do you feel about uh, how do you feel about um, Obi Toppin's uh, struggles? I mean, he's, yeah. It's to be expected. Rookie, but... I, I, I thought he was an odd pick. I wasn't really high on him as a pick for the Knicks. I think he suffers. A, I think he's a little bit of a tweener. I think he's athletic. I don't think he has the best shot in the world. Am I giving up on him? Certainly no. But he's he's not. He was. I, I never expected him to be that guy who come out of the gate and contribute as a starter. Right. I, just, I just don't see it. Right. He's not the pure shooter that the the guys who are pure shooters or are super athletic and, and aggressive towards the hole. Those are the guys who can, who can come into the NBA and do something. Yeah. He's not a great rebounder. He's not a great shooter. He's a good player. I thought, I thought he was not the right pick for this team. I feel like they already have Obi Tobbins on this team. And now they've got another one. Now they got another. You're absolutely right. Let's switch up to the, the nets for a second. Uh, Big win last night. Yeah, um, but a big win last night. But what what is it with? I mean, are they gonna play, are they going to play defense ever? No, no. This ever. this is this is like watching the San Antonio Spurs <laughs> and the Denver Nuggets of the nineteen seventy six ABA playoffs. <laughs> it's just like I mean, you remember when the Nuggets had like or the, or the the Spurs had George Gervin, the Nuggets had like David Thompson and uh, Alex English on the same team. That's what I feel like I was watching. It's just. It's unbelievable, and it, it, 
And the Clippers are looking good. I mean, you have to. Kawhi's been playing lights out. So is Paul George. Kawhi Leonard's been playing great. And, but the and Nets, it was, it was a big win last the night. The Nets was, beat him. Yeah, one one twenty four, one twenty. But and again, that that those huge numbers. It's ridiculous. But here's a stat for you: Before Harden came to the Nets, their average uh, points per game was uh, uh, one nineteen. Uh, uh, 0.6 and uh, after is 127, right? So he's scoring more. So he's passing the ball around. So they're they're, they're scoring more. But uh, allowed uh, before he came to the Knicks, uh, the Nets was uh, 112, uh, and now it's 124. Man. So they're playing less defense with him. Irving's back too. Yeah. So that's the other thing that doesn't help the defense is that Kyrie Irving's not going to help the defensive troubles either way. You can't blame James Harden though. Okay. James Harden took 15 shots. When was the last time you saw James Harden take 15 shots? In a quarter, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He had 23 points. Well, I think it was a couple of games ago. 14 assists and 11 rebounds. Right. A couple of games earlier, he took 15 shots. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he is not – Kyrie's the one taking the most shot. I'll tell you what, Harden's been pretty efficient, but Durant has become – even more efficient. He had 28 points on 13 shots. Yeah. <laughs> he made 11 of 13, only took one three-pointer, made it, shot five of five from the free throw line, had nine rebounds, and 28 points. That's like, yeah. that's like but, in the dictionary you, under efficiency is a picture of that. But but look that, at look so. at look at Kyrie's stat line. I know. 15 of 23, 65% from the field, six of eight from three-point range. Yeah. And three of three from the line. Here, I mean, he was a thirty-nine point, thirty-nine points. He was a minus four. I know. But, he was know. minus four. Durant was minus eight. You want to know why? They played against the Clippers starting lineup. If you notice, Harden's playing the most minutes, and he's playing the most minutes with the second units, yep. along with Harris. Yep. And that's where the Nets are chipping away, and and that's why Harden was a plus eight, and Durant's a minus eight. So. You could talk about the defense, but there's something about that in between end of quarter, second quarter, beginning of fourth quarter time when Harden is on there with the second unit where the Nets seem to have an advantage. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think we're reaching rapidly reaching a point where you can say about the Nets as good as they obviously are offensively, they're not going to win a championship unless they make a move and get some more defense. No. They lost too much defense, and and again, but, I mean, they beat arguably the best team in the NBA, and the, and yeah, they yeah, have, but they, you can't give up 120 just, points, but it's not going to work in the playoffs. Yeah, it's not going to work. And, in and the again, you, there's and no you way they're going to get through the playoffs with get, no defense. So. You're not going to get Kyrie shooting 65. percent Durant was 11 for 13 <laughs> from the field. You know, you're not going to get that. But he's over, been that way all year. Yeah, but over an extended series against he is, another he is the good most, team. There's never been a more efficient player. I mean, he reminds me no, of he reminds me of Alex English and George Gear, but those guys took way more. He is so efficient, it's unbelievable. But when you're gonna get into an extended series with a no. good team, right, you're not gonna be able to do that every night. They're gonna figure they're gonna figure you out. Anybody who's got good defense, they're gonna figure it out. So well, they've got to make a move. Part of the problem is that they're not starting DeAndre Jordan, who is probably their best defensive player in a lot of ways. Right. He's plus six. You know, he, he didn't have a bad game. 
that, but when it's Jordan and Harden and Harris and Brown on the court, they seem to get the better of the other team's second unit. So there's some logic to that. But I think the I, I think they need a center. I think they need an enforcer, an athletic big man who can play defense. Yeah, that's that's what they need. And I heard people talking today about um, somebody who's going to get rebounds. That the the teams they're playing are getting too many second chances on offense. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, second, well, sometimes just third not, chances is ridiculous. Yeah, he's just not that guy. So yeah, they need somebody to plug up the center, and when the other team misses a shot, he's going to come down with somebody's going to come Look, down with the this ball. This is the this is the Clippers' problem too. The Nets out rebounded the Clippers by ten. And and this is something I've noticed with the Clippers too. Especially they they got rid of a couple players who were. It's the same thing the Nuggets were going through when when they got rid of some some of the guys that they did. They're not as solid. Either any none of these none of the, none of these teams are as solid defensively as they need to be to be a, you know. And that's why I still think the Lakers are a better team than the Clippers because when it comes time to play defense, I think they arguably have two of the top four or five defenders on the, on in the league on the on one team. So I don't know. It's uh. The Nets are fun to watch, but it's almost like it, it doesn't register because there's just so many points going up. It's just all oh, point after point. It's just it's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Just, I, so- I think it, it's yeah. We're we're all saying, oh, yes, they they need help on defense. They have no defense, but when you can score that much, it, it really doesn't get exposed. But there's until, never been until you get into an extended series. Until you get into a play. There's never been yeah. a team. None of those high flying teams from the West has ever won with the exception of more recently, the golden state warriors, but the warriors also were able to score 130 and hold you to 96. Yeah. So um, that's the difference, but none of those, none of those high flying teams that were just up and down the court were ever able to win a championship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, we're what 20, well, we're about a third of the way through, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 21, 22, right? The Nets are 22, 22, 20, 14 and nine. So 23 games in. Yeah. So yeah, you're, you're, you're talking, yeah, a little, just, just beyond the third of the way. Yeah. Yeah. So. And look, you've got, you know, the, the Bucks are right there. Of course, the Sixers are tops in the Eastern Conference and don't see any sign of them showing, slowing down. So, no. Yeah, yeah, you you don't. Uh, it it doesn't look like it's going to be something that the Nets are going to be able to run away with, especially not playing any D. So no, uh, that's that's just the thing. You know, you can you can put up 140, but if you give up 141, exactly. <laughs> you know, it doesn't. It's the same. It's the same as if you lose. You know, 88 to 89 or whatever. But it's always it, it's always right there. I mean, it's not they're, they're not blowing anybody out and they're not getting blown out when they do lose. But it's always within a few points. It's like what they won last night, 124 to 120. Well, you know? well and, and yeah. But and, I, I, if they scored 144, the Clippers would have scored 140. You know, it, it's right. Not, and I would say what what's more concerning uh, or at least as concerning is that there are plenty of games where they have had sizable leads. And they have yeah. either won by a couple of points or, in some cases, lost by lost. a point or two. Right. You yeah, know. exactly. Uh, but, you know, blown like 13-point leads, 19-point leads. That's everybody, 11. though. That's everybody it, in the NBA. It is. But when you have that sort of offensive firepower, uh, you should be able to kind of hang on to those leads. But, 
you know, they, they are fun to watch, but they got to get some D. This yeah. is very true. They didn't. They didn't hire Greg Popovich to be their coach. That's for sure. <laughs> no. no, they didn't. They uh, they hired uh, um, the anti-defensive uh, coaches, coaching staff. Yeah, but hey, whatever, yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever works. Much, <laughs> much of the staff, not just the head coach. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> they brought in. Well, who can we bring in? Who some other guys some, who are, some, who are we, also not we defensive. Let's face it. Nash, he doesn't play any defense. Hmm, who can we get that'll help? Um, how about D'Antoni? Yeah, there yeah, you go. Exactly. Yeah. The only the only coach worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's you know, that's also why Harden wanted to go to the Nets. You know, I sure, mean, absolutely. D'Antoni's an offensive player is, you know, wet dream. That's probably why they hired him. Yeah. <laughs> We might get hardened sometime in the future, yeah, so we, let's bring yeah, in a coach that we know absolutely. is going to make him happy. Absolutely. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. Here, here's my picks for the two surprise teams so far this year in the NBA: the Jazz, who have the best record in basketball right now. Yeah, they're they got a yeah. That's the they're, and they're and top. and a great coach who I think he's the coach of the year right now, and the Spurs. What Greg Popovich is doing with he, the Spurs are twelve and ten. I know that's not a great, but they're. They're they're in the playoffs right now, yeah. in a Western Conference that's pretty tough. And I'll tell you what, man, that is just a class organization, and I love watching them play basketball. It's just, and you know, I, I, you watch the morning sports shows on ESPN, and they're talking about who's the MVP so far, and uh, blah 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 blah. And the one person I never hear in the conversation is Nikola Jokic. This guy's having a spectacular season so far it is i mean it's it's him and Embiid. those are the guys who are having uh you know he's he's averaging 27 12 and 9 <laughs> and his per is second in the league at 31.38 you okay. 27 12 and 9 that's not that good. that's not that good <laughs> i mean come on guys we got to start talking about him as an MVP candidate. We have to. I mean, I get it. Embiid's having a good year, but I'm not going to give in that he's the best center in basketball. You know? Well, Jokic's got to start chirping a little bit. I know it's not his style. He, he is. Nobody understands him. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's in Denver. Nobody hears him. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. He's got to get a little... Got to, he's got. To, he's got to do something that's you know click worthy. He, he needs a few more TikTok videos. He's got to yeah, do a there couple you go. TikToks, yeah, a couple yeah. more reels. But uh, tomorrow night, Nuggets at the Lakers. I think this is going to be a good test. The, the yeah. Lakers look tough, though. I mean, they do. Uh, I don't. You know, I, don't I think the Lakers kind of have. You know, Popovich didn't worry so much about being the best team, right? During the regular, regular season. season, yeah. I think the Lakers kind of, and I think that a lot of that comes from LeBron. You don't oh, have yeah. to be great every single night. You don't. Well, you, have you're pacing to, you know, yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, especially coming off, you know, a shortened season. So let's pace ourselves. Stay, stay rested. Stay healthy, and then get into the playoffs. And then we just can crush everybody. So yeah. I'll tell you what, man. Utah's a fun team to watch with Mitchell and Bogdanovich and Gobert. The Jazz are back. They're a tough team. You know, it's. Uh, the West is going to be – the West is not going to be as cut and dry as I think people make it out to be. It, it's certainly shaping up that way, and it's definitely shaping up to be a, a fun season so far. So, 
And the Sixers continue to win basketball games. Yeah, and they're, yeah. They're, they, they don't look like they're going to stop either. So that's that's just. <laughs> I mean, Doc Rivers was the right guy. I mean, an old school coach for a kind of an old school type of player. He's got Embiid and Simmons playing the best ball of their careers. I mean, Embiid thirty four. I mean, he's putting up like Hakeem numbers. He's just dominating. Yeah, well, it's not the playoffs yet. So. No, it isn't. And there's and <laughs> quite honestly, there's nobody to guard him. I mean, no. he is a 1990s center playing in the, in 2021. And, I mean, how many great defensive centers are there in the league? True. You know, I mean, he's one. <laughs> but he's not guarding himself. <laughs> I mean, Go, Gobert. Uh, yeah, Gobert is probably. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm at a loss. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're. Probably right. That's I mean, Dwight, is Dwight Howard going to cover him? Uh, is yeah. uh, is Anthony Davis? Uh, I mean, they, they list Anthony Davis as a power forward. Is he really a power forward or is he a center? He's kind of a center. He's mm-hmm. kind of a center. I mean, that, that's a good matchup. Yeah. But we might. I mean, if, if 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 it's the Sixers and the Lakers, we might finally see a battle of some big men again that we haven't seen the likes of in a long, long time. Yeah, that's true. When was the last time there were two big men sort of? who could dominate the game. And granted, Davis is still the second fiddle to little to Lund, but this could be good. It very well could be. Very well could be. All right. Well, a um, couple of uh, couple other uh, notes, actually. One, we'll just do one quick because uh, we don't want to leave it out. One quick NHL note. Uh, Tony D'Angelo and the uh, Rangers uh, just put on waivers uh, the other day, uh, an altercation with... Uh, uh, Alexi Georgiev, uh, the uh, goalie for the uh, Rangers, uh, <laughs> not uh, not not too fun um, there. So they and he, he's they, they told him, uh, you know, uh, his, his antics, if you will, uh, his shenanigans, uh, to use a word from earlier in the uh, show, um, were uh, were to be stopped, and uh, and they weren't. So goodbye, bye bye, see you. Did hockey start? <laughs> no, that was preseason. Mm-hmm. Yes, hockey started. We're, we're three weeks in now. So. Um, I know, I'm joking. I know you know that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's an interesting season. It's a slow going season. We'll have more uh, in 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 the in the future. In the dog uh, days of spring. In the dog days of you know after after uh, after football before. Well, basketball is is not well, in the basketball, playoffs. Well, ba- basketball won't be in the playoffs. There'll be a little more hockey conversation. We'll still, I think like May and June we'll still be talking about Major League Baseball trades. Uh, probably because they'll still be going on. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah. How uh, come the uh, what the Islanders and the Devils are both canceled tonight? Islanders like, uh, snow. Yeah, <laughs> Islanders played. Uh, uh, a lot of games uh, straight, and they were traveling or whatever, so they uh, they set them up. They're not going to play till at least Saturday. The Islanders, they uh, pushed four games off. Um, so, uh, what? What? I don't. I, I mean, I really didn't hear. I mean, there was like COVID undertones to that. Uh, not, that cool, they, cool, not the, the cool COVID undertones. Not that anybody. <laughs> not that anybody tested positive or whatever. I guess it was just. But they're traveling and and the uh, amount of. Games I thought it had row. to do with the snow. Uh, I might, might have had something to do with the snow too, but. Um, Hey. Yeah, that was two days ago. Yeah. The snow? I mean, well, you're on the island. How much did you get? Uh, a lot. <laughs> As a matter of fact, uh, it's, I don't know what the count was, but uh, we my little town of East Northport got the most on Long Island. That is officially well, announced. Congratulations. Yeah. 
There so you go. Suck it, Tomac. That, that is an honor. Bite me. <laughs> Half uh, Hollow Hills. Uh, Comac was second. I don't know. All right, they're just the next town over. We cannot delve go, into go snow. to hell. <laughs> go to we hell. Cannot, we cannot go into snow total. <laughs> right. Green lawn. Please let's no. not go. I think it's no, the snow totals from Denver. So. Yeah, no, that I love it in Denver though because it can snow three feet and then the next day be seventy five degrees. That's the beautiful. Or the part same day, yeah. or the same later that day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah no, that so. doesn't that doesn't count. It's too it doesn't. too much of a different part of the country. Gotcha. All right, you got real mountains out there. That's yeah, yeah, and they're and they're and they're pretty to look at from the city too. So. Yeah. So yeah, there's hockey. There's hockey in a nutshell. All right. That's yeah. yeah. What else do we really need to say about? I'm it? I'm still yeah. trying to figure out the the hockey standings and how a team that's you know, seven and one can be behind a team that's four and three. Yeah. But you know, yeah, it's a, uh, it, it's, it's a whole, uh, it's a whole other world of, uh, there's a lot of hockey statistical teams. factoring. I feel like there's so, too many hockey teams. Uh, there should just be five. Well, I don't know. Again, anyone named after a natural, any team named after a nat- a natural disaster or some sort of strange, uh, animal desert animal i just those those are obviously the new, the well, new next, teams next year there's a uh next year there's a new team that's uh, named after a, uh, a strange sea creature uh coming yeah i know to, yeah uh, but yeah we've, we've already talked about that yes, yeah. we to, did. To, uh, the kraken the kraken to add to bernie's point boston is 10 7 and 1 with two overtime games philly is 11 7 and 2 with two overtime games they have twice as many points as the 9 3 and four Islanders and the nine, three, and four Rangers. So it's I guess those tie games, I guess. It's overtime losses. It's overtime losses. Yeah. That's so there you go. It's overtime losses. That's what that's what it boils down to. But hey, well, we'll uh, we'll we'll report more on that as the season shapes up, and obviously once we get past the Super Bowl, and will have, we really though? Uh, well, maybe well a little bit more than we did today. I'm not sure. We might have to. More, but we'll, we might have we'll, to bring in a hockey expert. We'll, we'll, we'll bring in. We'll bring in our Zamboni driver, Fred. Because so, you know how I don't know much about hockey. anything. I know even less about hockey. You know even less about hockey. <laughs> yeah, that is just not. I'm re- I'm really good at like late '70s, early '80s hockey. Into <laughs> like nowadays, like is Chico Rush still playing for the Devils? Chico yeah, Rush any, is still playing for the Devils. Any comparisons to the '82 Bruins? I think they're right. good. I do think we should play the uh, Jordash commercial or the Sassoon commercial that the Rangers did. Vidal Sassoon. <laughs> yeah, Ooh La La Sassoon. <laughs> Ooh La La Sassoon, the Sassoon yeah. jeans, yeah. Uh, but uh, that was, uh, who was that? Oh, that was, uh, crap. It was all the pretty boys. All the, the pretty boys at the Rangers back in the late All the Rangers that got a lolly lift by the Islanders. There you go. Yes, the four-time. Four-time NHL Stanley Cup champion, uh, New York Islanders, eighty yeah. to eighty-three. I heard Nassau Coliseum's was rebuilt, huh? I guess so. Yeah, there's actually I, a lot of cool stuff over near there. They got the, the the Islanders are like a divorced couple, you know that 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 splits their time between Brooklyn and the island. <laughs> it's like they're like kids that go back and forth from mom's house to dad's, <laughs> yeah, that's house, dad's yeah. cool <laughs> apartment. In Brooklyn, to mom, to the house mom won in the divorce in Long Island. That sounds about yeah, right. It's really true, though. It's very... Yeah, they, they yeah. never, you know, and they get really... to go visit their their cool uncle at Madison Square Garden and their strange uncle <laughs> in Newark. In Newark. <laughs> when they, yeah, that's like when they do something wrong, they get that's shipped right. off to Newark for the weekend. That's right. They go visit Uncle Joey. Uncle. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's so strange. I never thought the the Islanders would be playing in Brooklyn and Long Island and the Devils would be playing in Newark. Newark. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Stranger, I, I would say stranger things have happened, but not really. That's pretty strange. That's that's pretty uh, pretty hot on the stranger meter there. So yeah. All right. Well, I guess that'll wrap the show for today. What do you think? I'll wrap it up. Well, Well, there was that time when the Saskatchewan uh, Saskatoonians actually played in Ottawa, played their home games in Ottawa. Remember, they had to travel. Oh my god, that was horrible. And they had to skate there. The Saskatchewan Jazz. They were there. Saskatchewan Jazz. (laughs) The Saskatchewan Bebox. It was the uh, yeah. It was the Saskatchewan. uh, Oh, that was was in all the Saskatchewan teams, the Rough Riders. There, yeah. That was the Ottawa, Ottawa Rough Riders. There, yeah, there was like oh, yeah, the, all the Edmonton teams were the Oilers, and all the yeah. Ottawa teams were the Rough Riders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Saskatchewan Jazz. <laughs> I think next week we should do top ten Canadian football teams of all time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Doug Flutie played on a couple of them. He had to. Have. Yeah, but BC, right? Yeah, yeah. British think, Columbia. Yeah, yeah, six of them are going to be like Toronto. BC Lions. Yeah, yeah. The I mean. Any team that's named the Rough Ride. I mean, who came up with that? Exactly. What focus group is that? Let's call a team the Rough Riders. <laughs> well, it might mean something different in Canada. You never know. <laughs> Obviously, it means something different any, everywhere else. Yeah. yeah. There's no irony lost there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's leather night for the Rough Riders. <laughs> it's a little cold in Saskatoon for my chaps. I have to wear my thirties <laughs> under my chaps. <laughs> uh, on that note, folks. All right, uh, we're done. We're we out of here. We want to thank everyone for watching, and for those of you that are just listening to the audio podcast, thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit our website www.loggerroom.com. That's L-A-G-E-R-R-O-O-M.com. And please remember, like us and follow us on all of our social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our YouTube channel. All of them are at the Logger Room. Remember, we go live with the video podcast on both Facebook and YouTube every Wednesday night at 7.30. And for those of you that want to just listen to the audio podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. And for those of you that have not done so already, please subscribe to one or more of those feeds and you'll never miss a show. Again, thanks for following along with us. Have a great rest of the week. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the NFL honors on uh, Saturday night to see who wins all the awards. Enjoy the Super Bowl, of course, on Sunday. And uh, enjoy the commercials if there are any decent ones. And we will talk to you next week, folks. Take care. Go Bucks. By the way, I just found out that Boston actually made a fourth album. Did you guys know that? Fourth album, yes. I didn't know that. Anyway, peace.